Alright, uh, well, everybody, welcome back to episode 8 of Kino Clash. That's right, correct? Episode I don't, 8? I don't know if welcome back is... I feel like and, welcome and back. And are we sure that that's the name? Episode 8 or Kino Clash? <laughs> Kino Clash. Thank I, Am I, I missing something here? <laughs> I, I, I don't think you're missing anything on Kino Clash, but I was laughing since we recently just uh, put our episodes up. And we haven't explained the name Kino Clash yet. And everybody, Whoa. that's been the one question everybody has asked me. Well, you know, Kino, because we only, we only watch true Kino and Clash, because, <laughs> uh, duh. So. I think we need to explain the word Kino is the problem here. Yeah, <laughs> People no, don't know you, what you, Kino so, means. Ryan, you are the only person I know who knew the term true Kino before this. <laughs> Come on, it's, uh, you know, ironic film enjoyment. Come on, fellas. Mm. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, <laughs> That's right, everybody. So Our podcast is named after a stupid, douchey irony thing. Yep. But it also serves right. for that alliteration, baby, and we're going to take that word it's back. A, it's also off of the uh, Black Ops 1 map. It's German for movie and theater. The... Yeah. Indeed. Movie Wait, theater of Alex. the dead, Alex. That, that's what Kino means. Well, that's Kino, that's Kino der, on Toten or something. Kino der, <laughs> something. Yeah. Uh, all right, we should probably start talking about it here. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you guys remember Black Ops Zombies? <laughs> that yeah. Was like yeah. every summer. So that's why great. we don't talk about the, that's why we don't talk about the origins of Kino Clash. It's boring. Of course. You know? Yeah. Alright, Akira is, is a 1988 <laughs> movie by Katsuhiro Otomo. Uh, this letterbox description says... Not the Katsuhiro Otomo you're thinking of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Common mistake. Uh, a secret military... Uh, sorry, there's a glitter on my screen. A secret military <laughs> project Jesus endangers Neo Tokyo when it turns a biker gang member into a rampaging psychic psychopath. That only two teenagers and a group of psychics can stop. So, this was my pick. Uh, what is this? A, a, a ten pick? Something like that. Yeah, it's your ten seed. <laughs> okay. Is it? Another, yeah, ten v seven. Okay. So yeah, this is uh, number ten seed going against Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, yeah. So this was my pick. So I'll let you guys kick it off. Uh, I've I've seen this movie before. But I enjoy it. Uh, I, I I love Otomo's work. Uh, I put another um, movie. Uh, I don't know if he directed it or if he wrote it. Uh, I believe he directed it. But I, I, Metropolis is, is also attached to him. Oh, really? Um, oh. Yes. Uh, I believe so. Let me actually double check that so I'm not talking out my this is probably no. going to need to go into Kino Clash he did Lost not, at this point. He did not direct it. He wrote it. Yeah, he wrote Metropolis. So, yeah. So, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of his. Uh, I enjoy his work. And I think that this movie really shows off um, the strengths of, of 2D animation in a way that, like, I don't think anything else really can. I mean, every shot in this movie is unbelievably impressive. The lighting, the facial animation, everything. Like, unbelievably Yeah, uh, the amount competent. of detail is 
the amount yeah. of detail is just so remarkable. Yeah, I like, think I, mean, I watched something this morning talking about it, saying that like it had double the amount of frames that were standard for anime movies at the time, and like the the frames uh, that Ghibli had already established was like twenty four frames per uh, scene, and this had like forty eight or something like that because it had seven different animation studios working on it uh so yeah i mean i believe that uh, it, it's it's absolutely gorgeous to look at every second of it um i i watched the dub of this because um i like those um and no one could ever change my mind about that sorry <laughs> um but yeah, and I like the dub of this movie as well. The uh, the Funimation dub has a uh, big, big fan of this guy, Johnny Young Bosch. Uh, he was the Black Power Ranger in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And he was the Persona 4 protagonist. So, you know, got a lot of love for... for um, what? Uh, uh, um, Kaneda in, uh, in the dub. So... Oh uh, yeah, I love this movie. I love the story. I love the aesthetic. It's gorgeous. Like the the you know, uh I was going to say costuming, but I guess just the attire. Uh, you know, the fashion of the world, how there's these different levels and all these different spinning plates at all times. It's it's a very fun watch, and I enjoy watching it every time I do. I'll go next. <clears throat> I I don't normally watch a lot of anime at all. Definitely I don't watch any anime shows. I've seen a handful of Ghibli movies. Um, actually, Spirited Away is on my list. But yeah, I was blown away by the animation of this movie. It was absolutely beautiful and so well done. And and to what you said, Brendan, this is the kind of movie that you can only do in animation. You can't do in like computer animation and definitely not in live action. The style is just designed to be hand-drawn and it, it's just like it's, it's a kind of movie that you can only have in this art form. And it was just super cool to see all that. Um, it was, like you said, super energetic. And I was engaged throughout the whole movie. But I didn't really like the third act. Um, and I I think I really need a discussion on this movie to really formulate my thoughts on it. But I just, I, I left the movie kind of thinking, well, that's how that movie ended. Uh, I didn't really like the whole big monster of Akira and all that stuff. But maybe it's just because I'm not really part of this kind of genre much at all. Um, I'm definitely a newbie when it comes to all this. But I really liked the first two acts. I loved it, actually. I guess I'll go. Um, so, I, a, a couple things to start. Number one, Brendan, you have this going to the finals, don't you? In your predictions? I do. Okay. I do. We all need to get on that, by the way. That'll be fun. Um, so yeah, I knew nothing about this movie, uh, like, at all, uh, and then me and Ryan attempted to watch it together last night, because we're cute like that, uh, and I told him, yeah, I don't know anything, and Ryan, I think your exact descriptor was, uh, oh, well, it just kicks ass, um, and I don't think there's a more perfect description of this movie. <laughs> it just fucking it kicks ass. I mean, it rips. It's, it's, a, it's a rip of a movie. It, it rocks. I, <laughs> no, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, I would, I would even go inverse of Alex. I think the third act is probably my favorite of it. 
Um, yeah, I was gonna say I like uh, I like the third act, but I, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, no, I. Uh, I mean, you guys have already touched on just uh, it. It it moves so smoothly. The animation does that, like you know, it's just it's pleasant to watch. But then they uh, contradict that with just some horribly grotesque scenes that are unpleasant to watch, but they're just as smooth. Um, Ryan, you emphasized the lights last night, and I was like, what the fuck does that mean? And I was watching it, and I was like, oh, that's what it means that the lights are cool. Um, no, everything about this is just fucking awesome. Uh, and I... I, the first I woke up this morning after watching it, and the first thing I did was look up a bunch of stuff about it. Um, I did yesterday. Uh, I, I'm not normally one to do this, but I was like, mm, I'm interested what people have to say about what the ending is. So I watched uh, I watched a video or two about people's interpretations of the ending, and it helped me put some things together because there are just a ton of moving parts in this as well. Uh, and so like there were a lot that I got lost in just following but like definitely it was worth it to kind of get re-caught up with it i would uh, love yeah, to for uh, you to uh, talk about that later on because i i, I want to know about all that maybe it'll help me appreciate the ending a lot more <laughs> yeah no I'm, i mean i'm sure we'll talk about it um maybe that's a place to segue to right now because yeah i'll close out with just saying i i fucking loved it and it kicks ass great well i'm glad you guys uh all liked it so this was only new to kyle and alex right yeah that, okay. Yeah, no, um, I think I agree with everything everybody said. Um, it's the aesthetic of this movie that really draws me in. It's just everything about it, it's just exactly my speed. I love the animation, the color, the use of lighting in animation. Um, like somebody said, it's, it's not something that can be done very well in real life. And so that's why the animation is so powerful in this film. Um, I love the action sequences. I think the characters are all very... Very well presented. Um, I think you get a good idea of who everybody is, what they want, stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, not a lot to say other than that. I think pretty much everything about it is great. The only other thing I'll add is that when Kyle and I attempted to watch it, I had already watched it like two days ago. Because this <laughs> is one of those movies that I can just watch over and over again. And, uh, Brendan, you mentioned watching it dubbed. I think I would enjoy it dubbed. I think I would enjoy it with the volume turned off because I can just sit down and watch <laughs> the movie and just absolutely drown myself in the aesthetic and have a good time no matter what so that was really the end of my opening thoughts i mean it's it's kind of difficult to talk about it because i would rather just show it to people <laughs> kind of thing well but, it is i mean it, it is kind of a difficult movie to even just talk about without yeah. showing what you're talking about because it's an it's an insane movie there's so much like insane shit that happens that it's like you're describing like, yeah, dude, his arm gets blown up and then he starts swelling up like a big old ball of flesh. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, Real quick. Going throughout the spoiler warning. Oh, yeah. Before we get, get into, into the insanity of this movie, it's funny you mentioned, Ryan, that you would watch this movie with the volume off because, I mean, I get it. Like, the, the animation is just mind-blowing. But one of the notes I made on my on my phone was, I love the way this movie uses silence. There's so many moments when, especially when um, mm-hmm. Tetsuo's waking up from his hospital bed and all those like teddy bears or whatever, the sounds and music just stop. And he's just like terrified looking at what he's 
seeing and they're just slowly crawling it at him and throughout this whole movie yeah. the sound just cuts off and the mute there's no music at all and you just hear like subtle you sometimes you don't even hear anything you just see the movie and i love that i thought that was so unnerving and so well done um and along those lines i thought the music was awesome because specifically some of the parts i can't recall which parts of the movie had this but where kind of the score had like almost like a, a guy breathing into an inhaler kind of darth vader-esque did you guys catch that it was just so unnerving yeah it made i my, think i know what you're yeah. talking about my hair stand up listening to just the like heavy breathing and the pulls from the inhaler i don't think that's what they were doing but it sounded like it, it was just so freaking i know exactly what you're talking about and yeah i, I that's not one that stands out to me um like after the watching, I mean, obviously during watching, it's very captivating. But as far as the the music goes, the thing that gets me is when uh, Tetsuo starts really going off the rails, and they start playing these blaring organ noises, and you're just like, "Oh my goodness, this is like, <laughs> this is a cathedral that I'm watching this movie in." With a yeah, you're huge watching organ. You're, you're watching just, the Phantom just, of the Opera go insane. Yeah, it's it's there's no other word than epic for it. It's it just really show it, it through the music alone it shows you exactly what the character is going through and it's so effective and it, yeah. it's so cool yeah and i was gonna add uh to what um alex had said about the, the the silent moments in the movie uh i think that's like such a big dick move too like the confidence in the animation to be like oh yeah the animation itself will carry the unnervingness of this scene yeah. or this moment because in a lot of animated properties like regardless and even a lot of movies you know, directors are not confident to leave a, a like a, a an unnerving or a scary moment quiet. Like they want to add like the you know nail scratching sound. You know they want to add something to make it like very clear. Like oh yeah, this is scary. You know like the 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 cellos kind of ramping up to build suspense and all that. But you know this movie is got a big dick it's very confident in itself. <laughs> i mean the movie opens in <laughs> silence right yeah it just, it just shows this city being enveloped in what you can only assume at the time is a nuclear explosion and you're just like whoa where is this going <laughs> like it immediately captivates you and i mean that's just one of the many small things it does so well i thought the it, it for setting just it, it it added so much to the environment for me because again I mean it, you know the 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 art direction in this is just phenomenal to begin with I mean there are so many just beautiful painted shots of this Neo Tokyo but then also the mixing of like all the synth they're using along with um just that kind of i obviously don't know the name of it but that kind of stereotypical uh like very asian drum sound that they're using uh it really was just i mean it, it, it in short it slapped for the most part uh it was uh <laughs> no when when the score was really going off i mean i'm just talking aside from the organ pieces i'm just talking when they're like just walking through the city and it's like damn this is this is nice I could just walk through this city and listen yeah. to this shit. I mean, walking through the city, riding bikes down back alleys and everything. It's like every every bit of it, the music does exactly what it needs to make you feel, like what's going on. So like the, the bike chases, your, your heart's pumping. 
the uh, the moments where you're seeing the villain kind of unfold it's just breathtaking organs it, it yeah it does exactly what it needs to do pretty much in every mo- moment i don't think there was ever a single part where i found the music distracting i think it always added to the flavor no, but what you said there brendan really hit the nail on the head there it knew when to play music and knew when to cut out the sound it knew when to add little sound effects it knew when to play uh character sounds and environment sounds it, it just everything was yeah. so expertly crafted together it i mean that's not even talking about the animation which was phenomenal oh absolutely it's so gorgeous and i i don't know it's just it's one of those things that's incredible every time you watch is just the confidence that went into this movie because you know there's so many moments where they could have made a move that was less uh strange um or you know maybe smoothed over something from the uh from the manga but they didn't they went all in and they didn't feel the need to apologize or to throw in a joke or you know I mean, not to not to date this, but there was a uh, uh, an adaptation of Cowboy Bebop that just came out on Netflix that is embarrassingly <laughs> bad. Uh, that really feels the need to like crack a joke about anything that the original show might have taken seriously. You know, almost in a Marvel movie esque way. And this movie, while it is an adaptation, does not care to um, criticize the original work and just serves to deify it so there was there was a lot of really cool stuff that i researched up and learned about the history of this movie uh because yeah i was i was not surprised that it was uh a manga originally but what i learned is that so number one the manga is also made by the director of the movie um and number two so it went the manga is a six-part series um and the movie came out i think after the second part was released so the manga wasn't even complete yet by the time the movie came out um and yeah no i thought that was really uh just kind of an interesting I've, i've never heard of that before besides like the closest thing would maybe be game of thrones um Yeah, I did see at the beginning of this movie that it was written and directed by this guy. And anytime there's a movie like this where it's written and directed, you know that they're working with a vision that is very personal. And I think that always adds flavor to anything you watch. Yeah, I mean, even bad movies, it adds flavor. Yeah. I mean, as silly as that sounds, I mean, I know a lot of people have problems with, like, um, uh, The Last Jedi, that Star Wars movie. Um, But I still think that visually that is one of the better looking star wars movies i think that it's i didn't know that was written by ryan johnson also yeah written and directed by ryan johnson and you know once again some 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 awful moments but at least it's very clear that there's a vision going into that you know when you compare it to something like rise of skywalker that came out what two three years later that seems to have no vision and is awful looking (laughs) pretty soulless yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like those more recent Star Wars movies, but Last Jedi stands out, especially visually. But I think you're right; it's just having a vision adds a lot to yeah. a movie. Yeah, even if it's a bad vision, it's clear. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't, I really don't have. We can kind of get it's... into talking about the uh, interpretation of plot points, I guess, because I mean, it's basically I, the only thing I can say is 
I'm just going to keep going in circles about how cool the art is, um, yeah. the gore, the violence, like all the set pieces are just well, excellent. And I think, I think that one thing that, that sticks out when you watch this movie is how much it's inspired things after it. I mean, like both aesthetically, I mean, shots mimicked in other movies like that shot like at the beginning where he knocks the um the other bike gang member off the bike and he slides to the stop like that is i mean that's the signature move and pretty much any movie that has like a bike scene in it or something post 1988 will have the character do that (laughs) that that scene in particular is so cool because they're in the restaurant uh which it's a great shot because they're at their table and you see the reflection in the window behind them. And then all of a sudden, this clown just smashes through the window. Like he said, skids up to, to face the camera front and center. It's just such, it's such a cool shot. And uh, it, it has a lot of personality. Do you guys know if there's any CG in this movie? Or is that all hand animation? I don't think they could have done CG in 1988. I was say, I'm, I'm pretty sure been this would have been animated, animated in like... Uh, this would have been animated in like eighty six, if not yeah. before. Yeah, you're right. So I don't, think, only, I don't think they could have. I don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. The only moment that seemed like it could have been computer made is the part where they're comparing Tetsuo's energy signals to Akira's, and it's it's kind of like yeah. the circular yeah. energy. Form. Well, so that's why I asked that part. That I mean, that's the only part though that i could even think of i wouldn't be surprised if that was hand animated because that showing these 3d models like the motorcycles because the motorcycles never just like you never just got a side profile of them riding it was always they're like no weaving in and out the cameras moving around um even just like sweeping shots of the city and you see all like all the parallax i'm like how the hell did they hand animate like that is any any other movie would have cheated and what's yeah. crazy is, I mean, once again, we'll we'll talk about this when we get to it. But Metropolis does cheat in those ways because it came out; it was it, it was made in like the '90s, so it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel the need to to stay true to that art form as much. And like, well, when you watch a movie like um, what uh, the new Demon Slayer movie that came out that everyone was losing their minds about, they have so many jerk off uh like overhead shots of this cgi train that they animated and it's the like it's the most lifeless boring (laughs) garbage looking animation but they're just so proud of their cgi train and you go and watch something like akira and you're like yeah what is there to be proud of have you ever made a fucking cgi train brendan have you ever made one i have it didn't look as good as the one in demon slayer but i I did make (laughs) one (laughs) using using um free blender assets all right i uh i'll retract my point then (laughs) you you forget that you're talking to an art major (laughs) but yeah if there's no cgi which doesn't surprise me it just i i cannot fathom how they made this movie and i can't even imagine how long it took to make this movie the amount of mana and how many people like ruined relationships to make this movie you know like the amount of crunch and like i mean because it had been an, an insane working environment yeah because like the stories that you hear out of like places like studio ghibli and, and all the other animation studios now it's like that's when people are, are wanting to be uh, uh holding companies and stuff accountable but like at the time like i can't imagine what working on this movie must have been like with that much animation like you and you weren't cheating any of it like holy 
Yeah. We'll do. <laughs> I, would, I would love to own a cell from this movie. Yeah. I wonder if those are still out there. I'm sure. Oh, I'm are. sure. Yeah. But there's probably a. The one in particular is when uh, Canada and uh, the girl are on the hover bike, kind of flying through these pipes and everything, and they're just very oh small against this huge backdrop of metallic pipes. And I was just like, that. I mean, it's just like, talk about a scene when the score is going ham. I, by the way, oh yeah. my god, yeah. oh yeah, no, that whole like sewer scene, amazing. And again, reiterates the point: how the hell did they animate that? <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's pretty immaculate. And, I, I, I would honestly like. I didn't look into this at all, but I would love to see the uh, like the storyboards and the um, what like the uh, uh, oh, it's called something. Fuck, I can't remember the word now. I went to school for this. Uh, what is it? Um, but like the uh, animatics, the animatics for it as well, like the the simple animations. Because like, how do you keep all of that line work straight? Like, that's the part that is the most incredible to me. Like, maintaining uh, uh, continuity between, like, angles and shots, and even when they have the sweeping stuff, it's like, how do you even... It's like the most insane shit in the world to me. And I I think we're all kind of hitting on something right now, which was, like, my biggest takeaway when I was watching. Like, literally in the first 20 minutes, I was like, how was this made in the 80s? Like, I know we've had a few of those movies, but I don't think we've had one that's even close to this. Of, like, everything about this is, is is like, not even just the anime, the content is, like, holy shit, how was this made? Yeah. This is going to sound really, really uh, dumb, but I, I genuinely feel this way. This is one of those movies, well, one of those pieces of art where when I watch it, I feel the same way as when, like, I look at the Sistine Chapel, where I'm just like, there's no fucking... How did how did people make this? <laughs> this is insane. Because, yeah. like, you stare at a frame, or, a, a, like, a, a four-minute clip of this movie, and it's just like, how the fuck? What? <laughs> Humans made this? With their hands? No. <laughs> there was some CG used in the movie. It was actually... A first for anime production hmm. but oh. i think it was used as a it was used to help out model shadows and parallax and stuff but i think it was still drawn over afterwards i, I think that was mostly so oh, hand animation. that actually I think it was makes more sense. for like previs and stuff like that hmm. i bet yeah because at that yeah. time then yeah because you weren't having to deal with then like shitty looking models you were just modeling lighting which you could definitely yeah. do at that time. That kind of harkens back to the Green Mile discussion, where if you don't notice the CGI, then it's good CGI. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, we were all coming over and it's like, yeah, I don't think there's CGI. And even if there was, like, obviously it didn't distract any of us or really affect our. Well, they were just. So. It sounds like they were just using it as reference. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and that's even more commendable Which, because they could have yeah. easily been like, "Oh, we'll be the first anime movie to model." Yeah, they could have have gone full Toy Story and just been like, ooh, look at us, look at our shitty CGI. You're going to love to buy this on 4K 20 years later and have it look like absolute dog shit. I can't believe, can I just say, I can't believe they put Toy Story 1 and 2 out in 4K. Who would want that? Does Toy Story 2 not look good either? No, they both look terrible. I think think Toy Story 2 looks okay. Toy Story 1 is... 
It's pretty bad. Yeah, I saw <laughs> like, some on Disney Plus. It looked pretty good. It held up. Not the it's first like, one, but the second like, one did. It, it's like watching a, like a rip of early PS2 cutscenes or something, and it's like, why would I want that in 4K? What does that give me? Yeah, <laughs> that is an interesting choice. <laughs> oh, let me make sure my HDR is on. No, I, I mine, mine, mine's not actually even about the movie. I'm just curious because again, I really got into the history of this, and I, th- I would really encourage anybody to like do a bit of a thing because it, it's it's super cool. Um, and that was one of the things too was that I guess the '80s is regarded as the golden age of anime. Uh, Brendan, you might know more about this than me, uh, or actually, I'm willing to bet you do. Um, but... It is. It is largely regarded as that i personally subscribe to the belief that anything pre like 2000s is the golden age once you get into 2000s it gets a little wonky okay well so I, yeah 80s 90s they were doing things for uh, real so for yeah the, I was, for the have part. you seen any of the other like big movies of this and do they compare like to to anime of the time does i mean it compare to this I mean, nothing really compares to this, but if you're looking for, like, very beautiful visuals and things like that, um, and things that are impressively animated, I mean, yeah, everything from that time period is impressive to look at to a degree. But like I said, you know, you can look at a, um, a at a Renaissance painting and be like, wow, that's impressive. But when you look at the Sistine Chapel, you go, that's unbelievable, <laughs> you know? You know, no, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a that's a really beautiful <laughs> metaphor being out there, baby cakes. Yeah. I mean, that's when a lot of the Ghibli movies were coming out. Neon Genesis. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of really great anime content from that time period. Like Brendan said, I'm I'm also not really a big anime fan, uh, like TV shows wise. I would say I like Neon Genesis, but I haven't given enough a fair shot to have a very found or very uh grounded opinion on it but it's i mean i can see art and i can be like yep that's good art right there (laughs) (laughs) and then you can see more recent anime art and it's like uh it's like some some dude and his sister getting really close to kissing and you go now this art makes me feel very (laughs) (laughs) i mean kyle 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 could talk to us about some anime (laughs) not here (laughs) uh but anyway go on Alex. uh before i get into what i was gonna say i'm looking up just some fun facts about the movie ryan you might like to hear that this had uh they were really influenced by alien and that some of the sounds in the movie like when uh i think tetsuo yeah when he's having his body scan it's sounds taken from the mother computer and alien kind of cool okay that is cool um no it definitely has kind of a similar feel of the future i would say just kind of the uh i don't know very industrial vision of the future that is um so yeah i I could see that vibes are kind of off tonight guys huh i feel like we're coming in really low energy and whatnot i don't know it's just it's it's hard to feed off of something you agree with completely it's like we're kind of just bouncing around that's why I think we should kind of get into maybe some of the characters or story beats. I Definitely. mean, Alex, you I said want you the, wanted to talk about the ending, right? Yeah, the interpretations, all that. Real quick, one thing. Uh, talking about the insanity of the animation. The part when Tetsuo's escaping his hospital room, and he's, like, finally learning his powers, 
and he's like destroying those mm-hmm. guards in the hallway and he like creates this like energy ball or whatever and it just creates a sphere of destruction in the hallway i don't know if that yeah. stood out to you guys when i saw that i was like that's fucking awesome that is so yeah cool. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes it, 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 the the progression of his powers is so much fun to watch i mean it's basically like a better uh oh what was it called what was that anti-Superman movie that came out a few years ago. Hancock. God Bright, damn it. No, no, Brightburn. <laughs> Brightburn. <laughs> so, yeah, it was kind of like a good... Don't you Brightburn. dare defame Hancock here, sir. <laughs> I was just saying, he's the anti-Superman. He, you know? he, shoves, what, he shoves a truck up someone's ass or what <laughs> What was the thing that he did in that <laughs> he movie? Shoves, he shoves I... one guy's head up another guy's ass. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Uh, epic mm. moment for sure. <laughs> epic. Yeah, epic. Hey, hey, guys. What's your favorite Jason Bateman, Charlize Theron, Will Smith movie? <laughs> Mine's I... Hancock. <laughs> you know what? I. It's got to be Hancock <laughs> for me. <laughs> I was gonna say. Oh my god! Wait, was Will Smith also in Arrested Development? But no, they only got Charlize Theron, which is still impressive. But. uh <laughs> All right. Yeah, and she was in her Mad Max get up too. That was really impressive <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, I guess. All right, let's get to the ending. Let's keep this. Let's keep moving along. Uh, let's just uh, first reaction, Kyle and Alex. What'd you think of the big goo baby? There was only one thing to uh, think. It was gross. <laughs> yeah, that's what a non-experienced hunter would think, my friend. But I've played Bloodborne, and I know what the one reborn looks like. So, yeah, flashbacks, PTSD, baby. I thought you were gonna. I thought I thought you were gonna say fatherhood was what you thought when you saw. Uh, yeah, no, that was grody. Care that was grody, this. man. Yeah, it was, it was disgusting. Grody. I, because I remember watching that for the first time, and you're watching this really sick, like superhero action going on. And then he, he he lays down and his arm starts like twitching and stuff. And then all of a sudden a bunch of goop shoots out of it. And then very shortly after that, he engulfs a girl. In fact, his own love interest. And <laughs> basically absorbs her essence and turns it, yeah, and turns into a big old goo baby. Yeah, and all the shots of them inside the goo baby and all the organs and gross organic matter on them was just disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... I, it just kind of that kind of leads me into what do you guys think Akira is? Because I think that's probably the biggest discussion around this movie. Is what did you guys take Akira to be? I took him I think to be a small Akira Asian. was just like a... <laughs> <laughs> that yes. I think it was just a a, a super powered person, right? Like uh, an outlier. No, no one's ever been created like him. But he wasn't some sort of god. He was just, he just so happened to have some powers, and then it, he took on this religious significance afterwards. Yeah. And, like, that, legends were told of That's, him. see, that's, there's a throwaway line at one point. Um, it, it harkens the idea of giving the powers of a human to an amoeba. Love that and line. And what that would result oh, in. Oh, my God, I love that Yeah. <laughs> And that it's something that was so innocuous, but it, it, I mean, it leads to that discussion of if you gave a human 
basically in in short the power of a god like how they would react they can only react in terms of like their own human thinking and so that's why you know tetsuo went so horribly wrong and he had a power trip and all of his insecurities from his friends and his life experiences they just really set him off the edge when he can finally get everything he wants he can't control it and so that that big goo baby at the end is just his total loss of control and i i love that I think it's the perfect embodiment of that. So a question I had yeah. uh, just about the the overall like story was, did, did the government give Tetsuo those powers, or did he have them originally, and then they were just unlocked, or... Yeah, I think they were innate, and when he... Uh, when he was acted upon with those powers by the little old man baby boy... <laughs> Uh, when that when that baby boy put up his little yeah. force field and he ran into it, that kind of awakened something okay. in Tetsuo. So I I think these powers are innate and they usually figure them out a little sooner. And then the fact because I, I think there it was another throwaway line. They're like, yeah, people, big people, your shouldn't age have or people, these powers. old people, yeah, big people shouldn't have these powers. So it definitely seems like something he wasn't supposed to have or perhaps never would have had had he not come into contact with that, that child who had the powers as well. So yeah, also, I, I think it boils down to it was an innate, but it wasn't locked. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, what flying and, uh, and hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy where you have to like, you know, once you know that you can, you just have to like not think about falling and then you can fly. <laughs> well, it was the, I don't thinking about it. I don't understand why that, man baby thing at the beginning was he was running away from the government right but then he got captured by the government everything seemed fine for the rest of the movie this was also a point of question for me yeah i i think that somebody on the inside of the government was trying to break him out because i mean at the end of the day they are just trapping a bunch of kids in a room and doing experiments on them so i think he was just trying to get him away from all that and unsuccessful. Well, so 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 the kid shot. he's originally uh, taken out by the group uh, Kai and uh, Ryu are a part of. Yeah, like the anti-government yeah. terrorist group. Um, and that's so that's but yeah, I, I think Alex is more so asking like, well, why why was the kid so cool? Like once he gets brought back, like that was kind of. Yeah, he seemed like he was scared of the government, and the rest of the movie, he was like, I'm back with my siblings, I'm all good now. Yeah, I mean, I I would just kind of say, when you're on the run, I mean, who's to say he even made the decision to escape anyways? It, it could have been fully that somebody was breaking him out, kind of, against the Yeah, but he was will, fighting like, back. Whether he wanted to go or not. Fighting back... In that him. whole beginning, when like they're trying to capture him, he was like fighting back and resisting capture. Um, kind I, of. I don't think I he mean, is actually. He, Alex. he did his big scream. Like well, he, yeah. he has the, like a freak out. He had the moment well, but where he's never like actively fighting. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think that honestly, it might be more of a situation. Almost, you know, once again, like a child. Um, you know, when you're when you do something, and you don't know what the repercussion is you're terrified right you're like you don't want to get caught by you know your parental figure and i don't think he wanted to be caught by the government because it's like well what are they going to do kill me you know what like what could they do to me at this point because it, it doesn't seem like people breaking out is all that common yeah. uh and then when he's returned and he 
finds out that they didn't they just re- they just wanted him back and they didn't do anything to him um yeah he's chill because it's like well what am i what am i upset about you know yeah he's and plus he, he's, he's back re- i was just gonna what? say he's back with his friends at that point like yeah basically the the only people he's ever been around if he's been stripped away from that then he probably wouldn't be too opposed to going back like uh, complacently and yeah. I, there was a, a a scene like when he was caught that the, the, the fat little boy in his hovercraft <laughs> flew up and he's like, come on back. And then the big guy's like, all right, time to go. The The animation of that is great because he looks just so shameful. <laughs> he's just like, mm, I was caught doing a bad. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it seems more of like, yeah, yeah, like parents punishing their child unless yeah. like, you know, the, the, it, this doesn't feel like, I, you know, I don't know if this is a good touchstone, but this doesn't feel like Logan. Where like the idea is like oh yeah they're gonna capture this kid and like yeah. kill them or something, yeah. <laughs> you know it's it, it's more of it's it you know they don't show up planning on shooting him or anything you know it's like they're just like all right come back yeah I mean it's their science experiment at the end of the day so yeah but, sir and and it's 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 easy to imagine that it's hard to get these kids and that it's not really worth killing them so, circling back Alex so what did you think the ending is just in general like what happens at the end and all that yeah honestly i haven't given it honestly i haven't given it a lot of thought um i don't know if that's gonna come up with the recording but alex's dog just barked (laughs) no that was alex trying trying to trying to shove all of the akira information through his his mouth came out as a as a yelp a desperate cry um honestly i don't know trying to think back on it i think it was just like the kids and akira kind of like taking him to like another universe like it's not part of their (laughs) he's not gonna be part of their realm anymore yeah Yeah. pretty spot on yeah (laughs) It's just like uh, when Tetsuo starts engorging and, you know, kind of absorbing everything into himself, he absorbs the parts of Akira and with the help of the other kids, all that destruction and everything is just contained. And I, I think the scientist even says it's like, the birth of a when it's showing the energy, yeah. it suddenly like condenses into basically what would be equivalent to a new Big Bang. And he's like, it's creating a new universe. and. So it's like Akira, with the the help of the children, were able to take Tetsuo and all the destruction that would have been to a new universe. So, what do you guys think Akira was? Because now that you said that, I feel like Akira was like the spawn of the universe. Of this universe. And then like maybe Tetsuo is going to be the spawn of a new universe. Do you think Akira has that significance? Or do you think he's just kind of a guy, like I said, like just a a one-off? Yeah, to me, he's just another kid with a power beyond really human understanding and that power got out of control which is what caused the big explosion at the beginning of the movie and so that kind of power he was eventually like separated after that explosion and they're like what is this power we need to study this so that's kind of from that point on he became the subject of study and everything and that's why every uh, character which follows with those kind of powers it's such an object of intrigue with that uh, government organization they just want to know what it is so to me akira is just basically the first to have acquired what is essentially the power of god 
Yeah. Uh, to put it in X Men terms, he's Apocalypse. The first <laughs> mutant. <laughs> uh, Pretty sweet. I didn't. I didn't take that yeah. they were preventing destruction though. Uh, at the end. Like, oh, really? like I. Well, yeah, I thought the implication was that it was going to do what it did at the beginning of the movie, but worse. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I, to to my understanding, it was that like Tetsuo was going to be like this force of destruction and do the same thing, but then the children brought Akira back to like be his uh, not foil, but like you know negate negate the uh, the reaction. I guess would be the best way to put it. And then, like, when they brought Akira back, that's what sends them to a new universe, because now it's, like, the two most powerful things, and then they just kind of blipped out. That's how I took it. Um, okay. I mean, I could see that. Yeah, I no, because I, th- I thought that's why they, like... Because they, they're talking the whole time, and they're afraid Tetsuo's going to destroy everything, but then they say, like, we have to wait till he's at the height of his power, and then will uh will act and that'll be our only shot okay well yeah i took that as uh as you know they're they're waiting until he's at the height of his power and then they're going to condense him down into that like big bang so that it has the force to create a new universe but see that's what i like i i i didn't see them doing much condensing or like acting at all besides bringing akira into being you say them as in the children or the government? Yeah, the three, the three children. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I they might have just had to wait until it got to that point where he was kind of just engulfing everything around him. Because um, I mean, Akira was just body parts, so I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's many different interpretations you can take, but yeah, kind of how I took it was just Akira became a part of him, and that destructive power would have caused another explosion like at the beginning and it was just being contained and sent somewhere else. But I mean, that's uh, definitely a perk of the movie. There are a lot of lines that kind of lend to this final result um, kind of throughout. Well, yeah. um, Yeah. I mean, the ending is very much uh, similar to 2001. I mean, almost uh, in that, you know, becoming a new form of life, and then I, I, be, do be careful on, beyond. on this. You got you got two people who haven't seen 2001. Alex has seen 2001. Oh, well, then I guess I'll stop talking. Okay, you got one person who hasn't seen 2001. I thought you've seen I it. I have seen it. I have not watched it. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> well, anyway, there's a lot of similarities, I guess. Uh, and I, and I, I, yeah, I, I interpret it in the same way that I would say the, the common interpretation of 2001 is. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that that is such a strength of this movie is even with all of the artistic and aesthetic choices that are made, it's such a kick-ass, fascinating story. Um, you can get lost in just the, the I would characters. Definitely, but... I would definitely say it's it's got more kick-ass than uh than yeah. It's just I mean, there's all these different plot points going around. <laughs> there are certain points where it's kind of difficult to keep track of, and this is one that gets better on rewatch because you kind of pick up on more things it's still enjoyable when you're just kind of able to be confused and just kind of 
not fully know what's going on. Um, it's still enjoyable in that regard, but it's also great to go through and really dissect all the dialogue and get all the character motivations and kind of know exactly what's going on at a given point. It's, it's one of the strengths. Um, <laughs> and it's one of the reasons why I was fully fine to watch it again, like a day after I had already watched it. Like, I could probably watch this movie every day and not really get sick of it. It's just one of those kinds of movies. Yeah, it'd be hard to eat like cookie dough or something after that. <laughs> so I just, I would just think. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, you're telling me you watch that scene when he turns into the big pussy baby, yeah. and you're not like, I want to, I want to take a bite. I want to <laughs> go. Mm, let me throw you in the oven at 4:25 for 15 to 20 minutes and just see what happens. Baby. <laughs> yeah, I, there's, I mean, even beyond the goo baby, there's a lot of really gross stuff. I love the gore in this movie. It's, yeah. it's so well done. It looks really great. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, what are the like Easter eggs and stuff you were researching, Kyle? Uh, so, like, what, what what do you mean? You... Uh, for for this holiday season, can we call them Thanksgiving turkeys instead of? <laughs> well, I feel eggs? like I feel like a turkey is pretty easy to spot. Maybe a. Uh... Uh, fine cranberries uh, th- thanksgiving uh um, cranberries yeah cranberry th- th- <laughs> thanksgiving jars of cranberry uh, sauce what do we think of fellas is akira a thanksgiving movie <laughs> <laughs> i think so it's about giving thanks mm-hmm. uh, yeah. um no you, you started the podcast with like the the re- talking about the research and you've done on this movie and like the little subtle thanksgiving cranberries that were thrown throughout that kind of stuff i don't i don't know if i if i talked about like little thanksgiving cranberries necessarily i mean that's semantically not syntactically uh, um but no like uh what if i just there were what, what's up I was going to say, what if I cut out all mention of Easter eggs? And then it's just... <laughs> <laughs> saying, yeah, I didn't think I talked about any Thanksgiving cranberry. Um, well, so, like, the, the first thing was definitely, yeah, kind of, kind of... So I had my ideas of the ending right away of, like, all right, I think Tetsuo has become a god of his own universe at this point. Um, and... That was that was probably about the gist of what I had about the ending. <laughs> I was like, yeah, every everything. He came on really strong at the beginning of this. You <laughs> um, said, "I have a list." After doing a lot of research, I, I really grew to appreciate <laughs> no, all well, the no, subtleties of this saying. movie. After I, after it's I just I that he's a god. All the little cranberries. <laughs> So there were a lot of really cool things, I guess, talking about the differences between the manga and the movie in that uh, the guy was basically saying, listen, I think Akira is one of the most important movies uh, of all time, but there's a there's it's it compromises a lot because there's so many characters in it uh, that just aren't. You know, they're they're kind of thrown in as throwaways, uh, and like after seeing that, I was like, yeah, and that that definitely kind of is true of like like the corrupt politician guy who's working with the the terrorists, the guy with the big like, buck teeth. Yeah, with the big buck teeth. You know, he's <laughs> supposed to look like a mole. Yeah, his briefcase full of money. It's like, <laughs> I mean, 
I didn't understand what was going on there at all watching this. Um, I think it was just like evacuating Tokyo and like, I'm, this this city's gone to shit. I'm going to go start a new life in Hawaii. I, I read somewhere that Neo Tokyo is about to explode. <laughs> I thought I'd get I myself out of here. In, wait, wait, you thought he was just a guy of He shot Ryu. Ryu comes into his house and he shoots him. Well, probably because he's responsible. His, his hands are, are red. He, he sort of created this whole monster. And so he's Ryu's like, don't do this. And he's like, I'm leaving here, dude. Like, you can't stop me. What? Did did you watch a fan dub of this movie? <laughs> Who, me or? Yeah. I'm, okay. Yeah, I'm very confused. <laughs> well, do you know the character we're talking about? Okay. Yeah, the buck teeth guy who eventually just collapses from taking all the pills, yeah. right? Okay, so maybe I'm remembering it wrong. Was he not trying to? He was trying he was, to. He was trying Akira. to like stop the funding and stop the colonel. What he was trying to unleash Akira. I thought he was just saying the colonel, like you've you've gone way too far. We're gonna stop your power here. Like it's time for us to take control. And him doing that. St- uh, caused Tetsuo to kind of go on this rampage because, like, the colonel didn't really have... He, he was just being held back because the politicians were trying to stop funding and stop and basically strip him of his power, right? I would I would say no. And not with the whole political debate in that, uh, in the courtroom or whatever it was, that they're saying, like, colonel, like, effective immediately, you are no longer a colonel, and you well, do not have power here. when the... They tried and to that, do that. And then the colonel throws a coup and yeah. takes over the entire nation. Yeah, that's when they. That's when yes, they, I am. I'm kind of having a hard time remembering too. But I mean, it's basically just the, the rich guy with the big buck teeth was in on it some way or another, some sort of funding or funding uh, agent. Well, yeah, he was funding the terrorist group. Oh, the terrorist um, that, group. Okay. Yeah, he he was because he you see him talking with Ryu at one point, and they're okay. like, and he's saying he's like, yeah, we're gonna bring back Akira, and uh, you know the it, he gives like political speak like the people are gonna have power or something like that. Um, then I, yeah, I'm definitely misremembering it. Yeah, but I, uh, so like that's that's one of the things I guess like you know kind of getting the breakdown of it was helpful for was like there's a lot of there's tons of little things like that where it's like. Yeah, I, I didn't know what was going on here at all. Um, yeah, lots of moving parts. Clearly. Yeah, and that was actually Kyle before I stopped watching the movie with you. That was one of the things you're like, "Wow, oh, there was already a lot of stuff going on," and we were like maybe 15 minutes in. Yeah, we were 15 it's minutes. It's a in. very There's... rich movie. There's a lot yeah. of moving pieces, um, and I don't know. Do you guys think it's important to like follow each one of them to a t to enjoy it because i certainly did my the first time not I really watched it. i mean no i i think no. that as long as you get like the broader strokes you're you're good i mean yeah you know i mean not everything in this movie is essential i think that in order to like appreciate the movie fully um you should make an effort when you watch it a second time to try and absorb as much as possible but that first time you're yeah. you're strapped in Just you're along fun, for buddy. a hell of a ride there's yeah why would you why would you ruin that by like squinting and pausing and trying to like no you yeah 
experiencing. Kyle, those uh, criticisms you just brought up about like just too many characters, not enough space. Um, I don't think a lot of those characters really needed any more character development, right? I feel like yeah, what would that have added to the plot? No, I, and everything they showed was everything you needed. But that's I, I, I and I'm not even I'm not even levying a criticism right now because uh, I, I no right right. But I, but I think just to counter that point, I, I think the idea is just kind of you know like there's there's things of that sort where well what 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 are they doing then because i mean again it, if we talk about this corrupt politician character i i feel like none of us really had a grasp on that you know and so yeah. like what what was it serving then yeah i mean it's just one of those things i mean maybe maybe it's it's just there to sort of give you an impression of the of the moral bankruptcy of yeah. the politicians of the government i mean because i mean outside of that like does he need to be doing that much i mean if you know that he's working with the terrorists and you know that he's kind of selling out and he's a piece of shit you can assume that that might be the case for a lot of the politicians in some way shape or form and that it's just like this societal like degradation moral like i don't know chuff yeah. that's just existing uh, uh, and bringing down um, the government from yeah. the inside. And I, I think you're right, Brendan. I think he's it's mainly just a vessel for that kind of idea. I mean, you can see from the movie that everybody's kind of it, the Japan's in a state of civil unrest. I mean, terrorist groups running around against the government. The government's corrupt. There's politicians funding both sides, kind of thing. So yeah, there's just a lot of moving parts. That's not something I really. Well, yeah, and I think that's I think that's why like I think that's that's one of the things that we see that justifies the character decision of the what the colonel to do a coup d'état. Yeah, is that you get to see how fucked over the government is, um, and, and, and you know even if it's not if, even even if you're not like on his side in that moment, you're like no, I understand why he's doing this though. Beyond them just taking his power away, you know, you're seeing like the the. I don't know, uh, evidence of it prior. Yeah, I think that's how I would take it as well. I mean, there's a lot of characters like that too where they're just kind of understated. And Kyle, I'm sure, like you said, if there's many more parts of the manga, then I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're slightly more fleshed out. But I think what they do here is basically just kind of build this world um, oh, uniquely in the movie. So, Yeah. Now, uh, I'm, I guess one one last question before I guess we get to final thoughts unless anybody else has anything. Um, any any opinions on the like the the big act like like who's in the wrong here? Is everybody in the wrong? Are some people trying to do good? Uh, um, I think everyone was in the wrong because they they all committed um, original sin uh, when they were born. <laughs> yeah no i think i think everybody except for maybe the, for the psychic kids are in the wrong that's really the only group of characters that i can't really see anything wrong with their actions i mean they're kids at the end of the day that were put into this life against their uh maybe against their <laughs> best interest and you can kind of see how they are able to control this power without going off the rails whereas tetsuo had experience and like i said earlier he let his own insecurities and human experiences influence how he used that power 
So I would, yeah, I think everybody except for maybe the kids are at fault. The kids in like Akira, and I'm, I'm sure there's some sort of metaphor there, where, you know, innocence of childhood and whatnot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, every, everybody was kind of in the wrong. As far as good guys, uh, I mean, there's kind of redeeming qualities of everybody except maybe Tetsuo. <laughs> like everybody had their moments. Uh, Tetsuo, and even. To his defense, I don't think he had a lot of control um, at a certain point. I, I think he totally lost it. So, yeah. That makes it interesting, though. I like a good anti-hero. <laughs> oh, I... Yeah, that's what, that's why you have that Punisher poster in the back of your brother. <laughs> Dude, what are you talking about? Ryan's been wearing Lobo paint this entire phone call. <laughs> Play some nasty lick, Ryan. Yeah, I got my Punisher poster. I got my Cherry poster. You guys are just dropping all my posters on this podcast. Everybody's gonna know. They're hoping people can find uh, find where you live by just looking into people's <laughs> windows and trying to find this a weird pastiche of Cherry, cherry Punisher. Punisher, Hancock. Uh... Hancock's not an anti-hero. Again, I'm not. I'm not allowing any Hancock slander on this podcast. Okay. All he right. paints a big old heart on the moon for Jason Bateman. That's canon, baby. That's canon. I dislike Hancock. <laughs> it's canon to Hancock like War. <laughs> I actually love Hancock. So, uh... Um, I like it. Wait, real quick, who's Cherry? Cherry's that or what is Cherry movie that came out this year? Okay, okay, <laughs> I watched it. I watched it. I thought it was like because you were going Punisher Lobo. I was like, is this a comic book character Cherry. I don't know about? No, it's not. I'm just being a little silly goose. Is Cherry an anti? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I, mean, well, I, I was going to actually ask that question not about Cherry, but it about Tetsuo. I would not describe Tetsuo as an anti-hero in any sense of the no, word. No, I'm talking more about Kanada. I He's... would say Kanada's a hero. At the He he doesn't really do anything. I mean, he's in a gang and everything. <laughs> you hear that, kids? <laughs> Once again, Ryan, you're really, you're really proving why you have that Punisher poster up. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I, I think everybody's, I mean, yeah, he's in a gang, popping pills and whatnot, you know. Everybody's of question. Oh, shit. Grandpa. Grandpa Ryan, Ryan, is that a dare here. poster next to your Punisher poster? <laughs> I'm not saying that makes him a bad person. I'm just saying I think he has questionable morals. I, I don't think that's uh, too far of a stretch. <laughs> um, they're also all pretty crappy to women. And, and I'm being I'm being serious, serious. Like, they're all pretty just shitty to all their girlfriends. Yeah, I mean, they're doing that and they're bashing clowns out yeah, on the street all... with lead pipes. <laughs> Yeah, they're all they're all a couple of what they're bad boys. They're or bad whatever, boys, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, well, I, don't know. I guess he's probably closer to hero than anti-hero, but it's yeah. I I think everybody's of relatively questionable morals, kind of across the cast. But no, I would agree. Te- uh, yeah, Tetsuo is not a hero, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, and he's kind of even shown as uh, a little so and so from the beginning. I feel like, <laughs> and uh, it, that kind of characterization totally spills into his villain arc so huh spills because he spills all Go over on. the place when he's a when he's a big keep blob. going <laughs> 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 
bit of a stretch. Yeah, we, we had to go about six degrees to land that one, but uh, All right. I'll take what I can get. Yeah. Any any further uh, threads we want to go on before final thoughts? I'm looking at my notes. I don't really see anything else. Yeah, no, I, I think I think we've I think we've said yeah. it. I think we've we've put the final word on Akira. I think no one else needs to say anything else about Welcome this. Welcome to the Akira really discussion. It. <laughs> what did you say? Really the, surprised the you when there were titties in it? <laughs> yeah, you see, <laughs> got that's me off Brendan, guard. That's why Brendan considers the eighties and nineties the golden era of anime. That kind of stuff just happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it surprises you. That's why I like airplanes so much. I mean, that's not an anime, but that movie, that movie's <laughs> kind of. Anyway, final thoughts. Um, final thoughts. I love this movie. It's a good anime movie. Uh, it's a great movie to just put on, uh, put some Totinos in the oven, and then munch on some little hot pizza pockets while you watch. One of the best movies ever made. Uh, something that you can't do when you go to the Sistine Chapel, mind you. You can't bring the Totinos with you. They won't let you. But you can when you watch Akira. Oh, and that reminds me. I watched this on Hulu, and there were ads, and there's a moment where it cut, and then it was just a very young African-American boy uh, talking about insurance, and it gave me so much whiplash <laughs> that I, <laughs> I had to pause and i had to go wait is i don't remember this <laughs> yeah. So yeah great movie love it <laughs> brendan i appreciate you calling it totinos and not tostinos like everyone calls it again mind blown by the sound design the visuals the artistry all of it i the, the third act still didn't land for me even after talking with you guys. I think this movie would really suit me on a rewatch. Um, I think I would get a lot more out of it. I think I also went into it knowing that it's like an iconic movie, so I was expecting just greatness out of every bit of it. And that's pretty much what I got, except for the third mm-hmm. act. I don't know. I, I It just wasn't satisfying to me. It, it just didn't... I don't know. It just was not satisfying. I did not feel like that was like a good ending to any of the characters just kind of like vaporizing them out of existence i was like i feel like you could have done a little more with that right like, do you mean do you mean I, the I don't think... in general or just the ending i should okay. say the end not the third act um well no actually even the third act i, I kind of don't like like this man of steel syndrome where it's just this overpowered character just destroying the city and that's all you see for like 10 minutes I do like that, like, he wasn't just invincible. Like, he had weakness that laser mm. that Kaneda was using on him. And also, the, that's, those satellites were cool. Oh, we didn't even get to talk about the, the satellite giant yeah, that space was awesome. laser. That was, that's, that's one of those but, moments of silence when he's just floating up silent uh, in space and knocks a, <laughs> a laser tower out of space. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just not my kind of... It's definitely a power trip movie moments like where it's power just fantasy yeah kind of, uh, and and i just i don't know it just wasn't satisfying to see tetsuo get just taken to the universe with those babies and then kind of is like well let's go about our lives um but again i totally see i mean this movie was just amazing to watch 
it was just such a heart pumping adrenaline rush and absolutely beautiful on every front so i really really like the movie and i think i would like the ending more on a rewatch yeah i i definitely think so as well uh that you would you would like it more on a rewatch um and your thoughts kyle Oh, that's it. That's all. That's all he says. Yeah, yeah. Let me again. I, 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 I <laughs> those are his final thoughts. Is that he thinks he I, thinks I, Alex I, would I like know. it more? I think we're all low energy. <laughs> <laughs> that's my final thought. Um, no, it it it, it was uh, it was awesome. <laughs> I really don't have much more to say beyond it. Uh, there was. I think there was more we probably could have talked about like with some of the themes and stuff. Um, hopefully we'll get to do that on rewatch. Uh, actually, yeah, I, that'll be my real final thought. I'm not saying Raiders is out. <laughs> but are you saying that you understand why I had this go all the way to the end? Oh, uh, I, I watched it and I was like, I, and I, I watched it and I was even like, you know, that I know Brendan thinks this can go all the way to the end. I'm, like, a little bit of me was like, I'm going to try and find things that I don't like. You know, I mean, it's... Dog, <laughs> but no. <laughs> uh... <laughs> but, but, uh, again, not saying Raiders is out. I'm looking forward to watching this movie again. <laughs> Whether that be a part of the podcast or not, who's to all say? Right. Um, and yeah, I think you guys have said it all, but really what it boils down to for me is this is a very unique movie. The art is impeccable. The action is awesome. The gore is great. The characters are really interesting. The world is really interesting. The music just grips you and shakes you around in the best way. And honestly, just everything about it is so up my alley. I, I can't really name anything I dislike about it. I've seen it so many times at this point that he's seen it so many times <laughs> yeah. that Hulu. Puts I don't, I don't know that we touched on that. The reason we had to stop watching the movie, it. Kyle and I, was because I had so many more ads than him. Because I have a suspicion if you watch something on Hulu enough, they they add more ads to it. They're like, "Yeah, we got you. We know you're going to watch this." <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that, <laughs> that just kind of speaks to it. Um, it's it's a movie chump. that you can just turn your brain off and watch in the background and pick up on a lot of stuff. And it's also a movie you can sit and really dissect every moment of it, and it's enjoyable both ways. And yeah, I think it's excellent for that reason. So yeah, I guess that uh, that's, right. that's a wrap on and then... Aki Ray. Yeah, I just want to piss Ray. some people off right at the end. <laughs> that's my favorite. Uh, that's that's my uh, favorite country singer whose daughter became a Disney uh, Cyrus. <laughs> See, I was gonna say that's my favorite uh, post Grand Torino Clint Eastwood. We watched Akira first. Hi, everybody. By the way, <laughs> welcome back to Kino Clash. Uh, for you, it will have been seconds. For us. It's been years. lifetimes. <laughs> I've aged 20 years per week. We didn't record. Yeah, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Indiana Jones reference coming in Andy. in three, two, one. He chose poorly. That's the better Indiana Jones. The Last Crusade. The better one. That is the better one. You think so? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the best one they made. So. Oh. Oh, oh! I'll take Last Crusade any Last Cru- day of the week. Last Crusade's a perfect movie. 
It's got. It's got. Are you being sarcastic or being <laughs> for real? No, I love that movie. I'm being a hundred. Yeah, no, that's no, the no, only I mean, one I watch. I like it. But Brendan's saying it's one, a perfect I, movie. It's a perfect Indiana Jones movie. Let me let me correct myself then, because I mean I, I mean it's an Indiana Jones movie. I mean, there's racist shit in it still, as always. (laughs) And you see, that's why Temple of Doom does that so much better. (laughs) (laughs) See, I I watched Temple of Doom the day after I watched Raiders, and it's I don't know. You mean like they really lean into the racism or they kind of subdue it? Well, no. See, this is interesting because a lot of people think Temple of Doom is really racist, but they don't realize that it's a prequel. It is a prequel, isn't it? That a fact? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't think... Those are two very mutually exclusive ideas you, you came there, but... <laughs> no. I think Temple Doom's my favorite, but yeah, that's... Wait, are you being legitimate? Did we watch the yeah, animated Temple series? Temple my favorite. No, we watched... Uh, what did we watch, Alex? What do you like, Alex? This week, we watched... Which one? The first in the Indiana Jones Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark, released in 1981. I'm glad you call it a trilogy. It literally is a trilogy. It, yeah, it should have stayed that way. Like, <laughs> no, no, it, the, the fourth movie isn't canon anymore. Who? Since when? Yeah, but it exists. <laughs> I, 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 I don't remember when, but yeah, no, it's not canon anymore. I doubt that. I think I've heard that too, but it, it still you, exists. Okay, th- here's my problem with that. If, no, because the fifth one is is going to change a ton. He's going to have a daughter instead. Yeah, but see, here's my thing. Here's my thing with that. They fucking made the movie. You know what? You gotta When you make mm-hmm. your bed, you have to lie in it. You don't get to go back in time and be like, well, I didn't think Shia LaBeouf was going to be a, a, a plagiarizing uh, a, a spouse hitter or whatever. But that's the bed you made. <laughs> he will not divide us. Steven Spielberg will not divide us. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away, Alex. Welcome back. Hopefully all of that got cut out. Um, We've been here the entire time. What are you talking about? The next movie on our list is my pick, Indiana Jones, released in 1981, directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. The IMDb synopsis reads, In 1936, archaeologist and adventurer Indiana Jones is hired by the U.S. government to find the Ark of the Covenant before Adolf Hitler's Nazis can obtain its awesome powers. Oh, Alex said Nazis. Cut that. <laughs> cut the cut, cut, cut. <laughs> uh, Yeah. I guess we can uh, go around the circle. Um, yeah, so... Since I'm already talking. Uh, well, firstly... Are we, are we ready to start first thoughts? We've all seen this movie probably more than once in our life, right? Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh... This last time I had watched it is probably the longest stretch that I hadn't seen it because this was definitely a childhood movie for me. I mean, watched this constantly growing up, loved it then, still love it now. Um, it has a lot of charm to it. It's I would call it the historical adventure equivalent to the uh, kind of sci-fi futuristic adventure of Back to the Future. They both have very similar tones to me. Um, they're both similar as far as like how iconic they are, how ingrained into our pop culture they are. And yeah, it rocks. I forget how many memes are stemmed from this movie. Oh yeah, my my favorite one, by the way, of, of memes. Just you know, that's no moon. Just the best meme. 
from this from this <laughs> movie. <laughs> I'm talking when he's like eyeing down the the golden idol and like rubbing his five o'clock shadow. Like, hmm. But yeah, it's just, yeah, it's no. iconic. And there's there's a lot of really great sequences, a lot of great set pieces. The action's great. The the practical effects are great. It's it's great. I love Raiders of the Lost Ark, and uh, it, was, it was really refreshing having seen it for the first time in a long time. So, that's Ryan, it for me for did initial you thoughts. purposefully emphasize the word lost there so that it didn't sound like last? Uh, I didn't mean to. I'm no, sure I'm just, I, I was like, oh, this time I actually did, came did, out. It's a callback like to years ago after we watched Akira. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, did I? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That was... Uh-huh. It's been years. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna audience members. We're gonna have to keep you filled in on the inside jokes since it's been so long since you last heard them. Yep, for them. <sighs> um, what was I gonna say? <laughs> yeah, I've seen this movie many times. You know, I felt like I didn't need to ever watch it again once uh, Lego Indiana Jones came out because what a what a delightfully. <laughs> um, you know, sort of rounded out version of the stories where you don't have to deal with any of the sort of harder edges of of the indiana jones mythos that uh that makes rewatching them a little bit um i don't know less fun uh but uh rewatching this again i watched it in 4k uh part of the new set like the new release that they just put out uh yeah it's a it's a solid watch it's a solid watch it's a lot of fun i like the characters in this movie i obviously you know you don't want to examine their relationships too much because they don't hold up against scrutiny super well. Um, you know, I would say the relationship between uh, Indy and uh, what Marion? Uh, yeah, Marion. Kind of creepy. <laughs> Quite. But um, you know, it, it's the '30s. People played it fast and loose like that, I guess, or so I'm told um, by this movie. So, you know, I'll take it for what it is. But, yeah, the action scenes are great. Harrison Ford, fantastic. You know, he's he's he gives it his all in this uh, movie. You get a lot of that, like, rubber face Harrison Ford where he's reacting to things and his whole face is shaking. Um, he's sweating 90% of the time, and that's just, that's a look. Sweaty, shirt unbuttoned, hat great look um <laughs> yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a good movie music's great john williams score what more what more is there yeah. k-dog take it uh, away uh, oh, oh thanks, woof, woof. thanks. <laughs> uh so uh ryan opposite of you this is probably the two closest times i've ever watched this movie because i watched it over the summer because uh, it re-released in theaters for the 50th anniversary. And that was a really cool experience to get to see it in theaters. Um, and that, when I saw it 40th. over the summer, that, what? 40th, 40th anniversary. anniversary. Oh, okay. I was going to say, dude, yeah. this movie's 50 sure years about. old. That's old as shit. But no, okay. I just did the math. Domino's is 50 years old. The pizza chain? Pizza? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, the pizza chain is 50 or years old. Or the comic book character. What comic or the game? <laughs> <laughs> Any noodles? Um, yeah, I saw it in theaters. It was it was cool to see it. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> For those of you at home, Kyle just Discord? left the call. He went to go He's get back. some Dominoes. 
Now the question is whether or not his recording saved. <laughs> the Noid came and beat the shit out of him for bringing up Domino's. Kyle? All right, I think I'm back. Can you, can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turn on camera. All right, I recorded. <laughs> okay. You get to hear my button there. Confusion. You hit a wrong button. No, no, I, I just disconnected. Just I don't know what was up with that. <laughs> uh, any hoodles. Um, yeah, this is a perfectly fun movie, and it does not go an inch farther than that for me. Uh, yeah, I, uh, huh? I, I, it's enjoyable. Um, I, I, I think I'm just having to come to terms. I'm just not a big John Williams fan. Uh, I know that's an incredibly huh. hot take. Uh, I, 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 I just, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what to say about it, I guess, uh, you know, he, he, his stuff is always very upbeat, Ah. um, and. (laughs) We're back to positive people, (laughs) and Kyle's not liking (laughs) it. I was about to say, his his scores are very uplifting, that's why you don't like (laughs) them. Like it's, there it's seems to be a lot of it's, passion it's, it's, put into the music, I, and that's just yeah. like turn off. You know what, Kyle? Kyle, let me help you out. I don't think you're looking for uplifting. I think you're looking for uh, 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 bombastic, right? Because the Imperial March is not happy, but it is bombastic. Yeah, but you like the Imperial March. Don't even say you don't. I was going to say, no, I do like the Imperial I'm trying to March. to help you. <laughs> I like, yeah. That's fine. I, I, I mean, Kyle, more I'll, of a I'll help. No, I mean, I'm not, so. and Kyle. I certainly am not sitting here saying like John Williams is bad at his job. I'm just saying the kind of stuff he puts out is just, eh, yeah, I, just I, a jive. I will, I will, I will help you out again though, and I will say that the Indiana Jones theme and the Superman theme get crisscrossed in my head all the time, and sometimes when I'm humming Indiana no, Jones, no one is it, capable. It just becomes Superman, them. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But I will say that i do like i like i like the superman theme like the john williams superman theme is still like i can't think of a song that makes me feel like i'm flying more than that that is such a fucking like yeah gorgeous piece of music and i think that the indiana jones theme feels like such an adventure just to listen to and i think that so much of the music just feels exactly right for what that movie is trying to be which yeah. is like a, a a rinky-dink little adventure serial exactly and it's like the those moments when he's like escaping a temple or like fighting somebody next dun, to dun, a dun, moving dun, propeller dun, 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 stuff like dun, that dun, dun, it's like dun, dun. yeah the music helps so much um one thing i would say like i never hate the music the only thing for me would be that it's maybe the main theme is overdone a couple of times but it's always in service of what's going on. Yeah. It kind of fits the theme of it just being a fun and action. And there is something thing. about, like, when, like, some shit goes wrong and then Indy's just, like, reacting to it and you hear that theme come on. And then Harrison Ford's, like, gravelly ass, like, 30 cigarettes in voice comes on, says his one line and, like, punches a dude. And you're just like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> this is Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I love that score. It's fun throughout. No, and I, I couldn't disagree. It does exactly what it needs to do for this movie. Again, I think this movie does exactly everything it needs to do. Um, I, uh, Except I, I probably won't have a lot of talking points today. 
No, I mean, I, I, how can you sit here and watch this and not be happy? I've got, I've got a few talking points uh, that I'm just kind of curious on uh, as we go through. But yeah, I don't really have much to say about the movie overall, I don't think. Yeah, I, I think the main thing for me is that it's incredibly fun and it's incredibly well done, like we said. But like even going further into the practical effects and everything, they're just so much fun to watch. I mean, you, you see Dr. Octopus getting paled by a spike trap in like the first 10 minutes of the movie. It's it's so, wonderful. I love the effects. I was I was going to ask about this. Did you, the entire time. I don't know what edition you guys watched. I don't know if this is an every edition. Um, when I watched it, you can you can see the like prosthetic head, like the shoulder and like the cup. Like you can see that it's like something you would put on top. Um, like the you know what I'm talking about, Brandon? Yeah. Well, I think that's just like the. I, a, I think that's there's the... a bit of. Exposed. I think that's the 4K master of it. Is just it's so fucking clear that that stuff just yeah. sticks out. That's more. probably it. Yeah. I think I just saw it in standard HD, and yeah, it's like I mean, obviously it's not real. I, I don't ever watch a movie. I'm like, oh, that looks crazy. <laughs> Alfred Molina, like, no. <laughs> it, it does exactly what it needs to do. And it's it's kind of like a little jump scare moment too when he's like encountering his. Well, I guess suddenly a nemesis uh, impaled in a trap that they previously saw. It's a good moment. It's a really good payoff because that that trap was set up, and then all of a sudden it's like, Bing! and you just see Alfred Molina impaled in the wall. It's great. I, lo- I love all those little effects. Alex, hit so, us hit us with those thoughts. Take take us right, to your yeah. childhood. So it's an all right movie. Kind of agree with Kyle. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> <laughs> No, this movie to me is exactly what Kyle was saying about David Copperfield, how it is just the ultimate feel good, cheer me up, just really feed my soul kind of movie. Um, I will say that this movie has a lot of nostalgia to me. I have a lot of childhood memories just with my dad, you know, referencing this movie, singing the theme song before I ever watched the movie, and then finally watching the movie with, like, big old doe eyes and just being enamored with everything I saw. So that definitely has a big uh, contribution to my feelings for this movie. But watching it again, I, I don't think the nostalgia really clouds my vision too much. I think this movie is so... I mean, you're, you're kind of understanding my taste in movies, how back to the future is kind of similar in this movie how it's just such an adventure and such a good time and it really it's so self-aware that it just leans into it and makes the most out of exactly what it is it's kind of campy sometimes it's just it's kind of dumb fun sometimes but it really milks the heck out of it and is some of the best of that genre or that type of movie in every way the score well, you know, you may not like it, Kyle. I think it is the perfect adventure, freaking get up out of your seat and cheer for the main character kind of movie. I, every time I listen to that song, I just get so excited and I'm just like angsty in my seat waiting for Indiana Jones <laughs> to whip a Nazi in the face. Um, and it's just so confident in itself. It knows that it's doing something cool. The freaking outfit's iconic, and it knew it. The amount of times they would put Indiana Jones in front of the sun just to see his silhouette. It's an iconic silhouette. Like, how how much cooler of a main character can you have than the silhouette Mm -hmm. being instantly recognizable? 
the weapon is so creative and cool, you know, being the whip, like you wouldn't think of it being a useful tool. And in reality, it's not a useful tool, but it's the perfect movie protagonist weapon and that it can do so much. And it's just so fun to see the kind of interesting things they do with the whip. Um, I'm just, I I love this movie. It is so fun to watch it. The cinematography in it is so fun and energetic. They're constantly playing with like background foreground shifts, having different focuses on different characters and the way it uses shadows of like so many times this movie, they have either the Nazi villain, um, the guy who gets his hand burned or Indiana Jones, just their shadow is placed on the wall. And it's just those fun, cool dynamic shots they have that just really bring this move. It just shows how confident Steven Spielberg was in this movie. Um, I mean, I can go on and on about about this movie, but those are just my <laughs> initial thoughts. I, I just, it is one of those movies that I'll never get tired watching. And 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 what Ryan was saying, the practical effects are super cool. Well, I I guess I didn't watch the 4K remaster. I watched it on whatever Paramount Plus has, um, so I didn't notice a lot of those like weird inconsistencies with the uh. with the prosthetics and all that, but. Um, Paramount Plus? Are you okay? I I, I purposely got Paramount Plus to watch. What? (laughs) Blink twice if if they're holding you hostage over there, man. What did you get an ad for iCarly too when you were watching that? Oh, I used to own a copy of this movie, but I no longer do. So, and I didn't want to pay for it. And Paramount Plus was free. So, I mean, I'm canceling my subscription after I watched the three of these movies. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, Indiana Jones is, is but such a good listeners, time. you shouldn't cancel your subscription because <laughs> if you type in the exclusive promo code Kino Clash Crystals, uh, you'll get three months of <laughs> the crystals has a C for crystals with a C. <laughs> <laughs> don't need to ex- don't explain that one, I don't think. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. you can watch all sorts of things like uh, the new SpongeBob show or or whatever. Star that is. Trek yeah, uh, into uh, Dax or into what? What Discovery. is it? Yeah, the lower and Picard. You can see uh, and the, the <laughs> soon to be released Patrick Star <laughs> solo show. Yeah, the Patrick Star. <laughs> you can get all this and more on Paramount Plus with the promo code. <laughs> Kino Clash Crystal. Uh, A reference to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yes. For everybody. uh, (laughs) I thought it was a reference to the burger chain. (laughs) (laughs) No. Perfect segue into our second sponsor, Crystal Burger. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Ryan's getting uppity because he knows we're going for that White Castle sponsorship. Um. So, um, so did all of you kind of grow up watching this movie? Um, yeah, yeah, we're 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 American. Yeah. I, I kind of figured so. That the one thing that I took away, it's kind of like Star Wars in the fact that I don't look at it as fondly now as I did when I was a kid. Like I can remember how exciting this movie was to me as a kid. Um, it doesn't really hold that same kind of energy or vigor similarly to Star Wars, but I still kind of have that nostalgia for it. It's still really fun. Uh, 
Do you guys kind of feel the same way, or do you guys think it's as good now as it was when you were a kid? It's definitely, you know, when you're a kid, I feel like you can, like, I mean, as we see with the, you know, kids who watch YouTube videos of, like, the Joker having sex with Elsa or whatever, you know, when you're a kid, you'll watch just about anything, (laughs) and it's all entertaining to you. Um, Those videos are real, Ryan. (laughs) Yeah, those are real videos. <laughs> or Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, they're all titled like Okay. Joker chokes Elsa pregnant, Spider-Man yeah. chews Spider-Man. baby. And it's like, what? wait, what? Th- wait, this is an actual thing. Yeah, this is yeah a real there's thing. been an explosion on YouTube of like these really cheaply done animations where they'll just rip out models of of characters and put them in there in these animation <laughs> videos and just make them do just the stupidest mind-numbing stuff okay they're not having sex but they're doing borderline like kids should not be watching this kind of stuff it's always spider-man elsa joker what's another character they always have i think batman sometimes yeah it's just the most random characters ryan did you just google joker fucks elsa (laughs) spider-man absolutely not <laughs> i'm trying to get back to indiana bones <laughs> um but yeah no you know um, i feel like when you're a kid you'll watch anything if, if someone says like oh yeah this is the shit you'll go i guess i need to know i guess this needs to be the shit to me you know so yeah. like i don't know i i remember watching this i remember watching these movies and and always connecting more to the third one last crusade more than any of the other ones but i remember this one being fun to watch but watching it now it's like i think i appreciate it for different reasons and i don't like it for different reasons um yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in there and like i i appreciate it more now than when i was a kid but i obviously liked it more as a kid um yeah you know it just had kind of this glow to it when i was a kid like i especially for me like i had a pretty strict upbringing but this was rated pg because the rating system hadn't changed so watching a movie so violent and like kind of gory and crazy bloody special effects and everything it was really cool it was like this is fine because it's pg and not pg-13 <laughs> and then you would <laughs> put in your copy kind of... of airplane and you just see like naked women up on the screen <laughs> like it's pg guys i don't know what to tell you <laughs> yeah it's kind of like it's like one of those like Ooh, this is this is kind of bad. Like when you're a kid, that that kind of thing really leaves an impression on you. So I always had that kind of glow around this movie. But I mean, obviously by today's standards, it's nothing. But yeah, it's just like one of those because Star Wars I loved as a kid, and now it's just like I, I I'm not as into it really at all, especially given the recent trilogy. But no, like watching this the most recent time, Indiana Jones. That is, it's I really appreciated it. But the one thing that I did run into again. After they get the arc, do you guys think it drags basically until the very, very final bit? Because I, I feel like that part is so long to me. Uh, what, I'll like say, when they're on the submarine and stuff? Yeah, the stuff on the ship drags. Or, or in, in yeah. like the, the dock, when the ship already docks and he's like putting on an outfit or whatever. I'd say that part drags right before he like pulls yeah. out his grenade launcher or rocket launcher. It's basically post the airplane fight when he like shoves the guy into the propeller that point until basically when the guys are getting their faces melted, it just loses me. I don't know why that. There's just like a blind spot for me with that. Movie. Well, because nothing like it, that. It's, important it's not a happens. short amount of time either. Yeah, it's it's that's by far the biggest. And you know like what? Everything also, up to that point is really fun. I but. think that there's also a, a, a problem that the movie causes is that because the movie like fast forwards through travel so much 
the fact that we are then shown travel in like that extended time, it, it, it's a little like, I don't know, off. It, it, it kind of catches you off guard because it's like any other time in that movie, it would just be like, all right, here's a shot of a map and the, the piece moving across the map. But the, yeah. the, in that one instance, it's like, no, you're going to be with them for this boat trip. And it's like, I don't. I don't want to be with them for this boat trip. <laughs> that's valid. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, but it's like I see. It, I, I I think that they there there is stuff that happens, but it just is not that interesting or that like action oriented. Yeah. Like the fact yeah, that that part the guys like oh you got to get out of here. It's nothing like the temple raid with a border chasing you or a, a snowy frozen bar fight with yeah. the, the fire taking over the bar. There's no like it's so low stakes. staff and revealing a puzzle with a crystal light. Like all that stuff is so cool. And then like yeah, it's like just over halfway. Yeah, the and then it turns into like a uh, 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 Captain Phillips fan film and it's like I don't need yeah. that in Indiana Jones. I just just move on. That's like what probably my main <laughs> issue is that that huge chunk there, and it's not short either. I like in my head as a kid, like that's nothing. Like I, I think of all the other plot points I already mentioned, but that that point, I just I don't even remember it now. Really, like I just don't feel like anything happens, but it's still such a long stretch of the movie. So that that kind of bothered me on this most recent watch, but yeah. I think the highs I, of it kind of really overpower it. that. Like I, I, I don't think I get the same effect as you guys for that. I, like it, but I think it's also the other parts. It's probably not that that part is lower; it's that the other parts are lower for me. Like it, it, it jives with everything I'd seen so far. Um, it's kind of a nice like. Eh, let's take it easy for a little. Just kind of. Yeah, I mean, happens, it, it gave like, you time. It, it gave me. you time to Google Dune lore on your phone while you were watching. <laughs> yeah, like if I want an upbeat action kind of film, I don't want a big lull, especially not after it's been so hot for the entire time. Yeah, no, like that's, it, that's it for no sure valid. I, I definitely like see where you're going, where you're coming from here, because like even in the moments in the 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 movie is so fast paced and there's always something going on that that part just sticks out like a sore thumb and even earlier in the movie when like there's just more quote unquote boring parts like maybe just two characters talking there's always something else more interesting happening at the same time like when Indiana Jones is talking with his buddy I'm forgetting the name of it um, and they're talking about like how to uncover the temple and whatever and he's like almost about to eat that poison date like at least something interesting is happening there where like you're you're constantly on edge like oh is he going to eat the date and then you find out the monkey ate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like at least they add yeah. a little more kind of an adventure beat to it. Yeah, that definitely that part where they're approaching when they're going to open the Ark of the Covenant definitely lulls and there's not much going yeah. going on there. Well, they try by like, you know, him getting like almost captured and stealing the outfit, but like they did that earlier in the movie as well. So, yeah, it just didn't didn't add much. Yeah, and, like, the only part in that sequence that stands out is when he's facing down, like, the uh, the whole line of the Nazi uh, cavalry and everything with an RPG. He's, like, up on the sandy, uh, like, hillside. That part is really cool, but, like, nothing really comes from it other than he gets captured. <laughs> Basically because he, does, he doesn't want to kill Marion as a side effect. But still, like, that, that part stands out. But, yeah, besides that, that, I don't know, it's just, like, a pretty big, good chunk of the movie. It's takes me out but 
And and so that that's yeah. kind of I think I have a couple ideas on this, and it's one of the it's one of the main things that like brings me back to actually think about this movie nowadays. Because otherwise, I'd say you know I I don't ever think about Crusade or uh, Temple of Doom. Uh, but I I don't know if you guys are familiar. I'm sure you are. An argument came up a few years back. I believe legitimately. Uh, spawned through the hit cbs comedy the big bang theory um of they have an episode where they talk about how indiana jones is a pointless protagonist because if he's not in this movie the result is the exact same at the end of the movie he found the ark of the Covenant. are you guys familiar with this no yeah so he helped the nazis find the ark that's yeah the Nazis wouldn't have found it otherwise. I think wouldn't have. Well, also that's not a that's not a good thing <laughs> that he helped the Nazis find it. I'm not saying well, it's no, a good thing. Yeah. I'm no, saying I'm Indiana saying Jones had an impact. Indiana Jones doesn't save the day. You know, he doesn't. Well, in the if end, Indiana Jones isn't in this in movie, the end, there's two options. It's either they don't find it or they do find it. Well, but Kyle, he helped Indiana find Jones it Kyle, and then gave it back Kyle. to America. Exactly. So in the in the logic of this movie, him giving uh, uh, this fucking death weapon to nineteen uh, thirties America is the good thing that happens at the end of the movie. <laughs> well, see, and now so that's an interesting point, also. Uh, and because what by they the way, open I, it up, we, we can get back. They open it up, and then the, then the Germans just have some other people come by and pick it up, and then they're like, okay, well, let's not do that. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's a matter of. The movie exists or it doesn't, and I would rather the movie exists. No, I, it's it's more than that. Well, no, it's, it's, I, I, no, I, I think re- not really. I, no, I, I see what Kyle and what Chuck Lorre from Big Bang Theory are trying <laughs> to say, which, Kyle, let me just say, if you ever, if you ever, if you ever bring up Big Bang Theory as a source of accurate or worthwhile critical conversation, I am gone. <laughs> I am gone. I'm gone like a breeze. And then guess what, buddy? You're editing this shit. Uh, anyway, uh, I see what he's trying. I, I see what he's trying to say, though, which is that the character of Indiana Jones, because the whole plot of the of the movie base is based around finding this arc and keeping it out of the the nazis hands and then the nazis just get their hands on it anyway it seems like well what was the point of him but i think that that is a gross misunderstanding of what narrative is because and so no i that that's i i know where you're going and i think i agree with you wholeheartedly. yeah which is um, that the struggle to prevent them from getting it is his purpose in the story and the fact that they got it is not to say that he was worthless because the struggle and the fight that he gave was worth watching and it was worth experiencing his struggle and the fact that in the end he was still able to recover it from them after they proved themselves to be unworthy of the arc itself um you know it's like that's the narrative like that's the narrative of the movie like it has a theme that it's trying to convey through the fact that well, and, he doesn't. And so yeah, I think just I, I kill think the Nazis and take is, it. <laughs> is what my I, my ideas have been of this is that it's not. I I think Indiana Jones is 
just I think where the disconnect kind of comes from is the movie kind of airs itself as Indiana Jones as a grandiose protagonist. But I think Indiana Jones is a very flawed protagonist. I don't think it um, I don't think it portrays him as grandiose outside of this? his his like the his life events, but he's like a piece of shit. Like the movie and the movie makes no attempt to excuse his piece of shittery outside of like his him ultimately being rewarded in the end. But like, I mean, what the like the first conversation he has with Marion, she's like, "Oh yeah, you like dated me when I was like what like sixteen and then left or something." Like, it's like, oh, yeah. this guy's fucking gross, it's 30s, baby. It's the thirties. <laughs> it's the fact that he's charismatic and capable in what he does that makes him endearing. It's not the fact that he's a good person. Or yeah, like, I think that's kind well, of well. That I, I I I didn't. I wasn't meaning to say he's a good person. I I just don't. I don't think he's terrific at his job no well, no i think, I think I, the opposite uh, I, I would disagree he's a very unlucky character the beginning of the movie he steals that golden little relic after being chasing yeah. the boulder and then the german guys or the french guys there to take it from him and then he does all this work yeah. to find the ark of the covenant all for the germans just to show up and take it at the last second he's very good yeah, at no, what he I, does he's just very unlucky. I, yeah. I i i think that he is a i think he's a fantastic archaeologist but like kind of a a bad i don't know what soldier or like he's the bad boy of archaeology or or, or swashbuckler or whatever because <laughs> he's not like an action hero as we would see an action hero today like this is a pre or at least during the like come up of schwarzenegger right so this isn't someone who can run through walls or or, or you know yeah who, who can somehow like dance his way into farcical success like a, like a Chris Pratt character would be able to um this is like his this biggest is, this flaw. is a good this is a guy who stumbles through things and makes it out okay unbelievably and, and, so bingo his biggest yeah, flaw is that he's overconfident in himself he knows he's really smart and can figure out these complex puzzles but he doesn't he's so laser focused on that goal that he's not realizing Hey, maybe I should pay attention to the Germans who are chasing after me, or not putting this person's life at risk. He's just so uh, tunnel visioned on discovering these relics that he's completely ignoring the fact that yeah, people are surrounding him while he's going on these adventures, and so his work's gonna be for well, yeah. nothing once he gets and out. I, and he's gonna get stolen from him. Yeah, and I think that one of the best examples of like his abilities as a as like a. a, a action hero is in the third movie when he gives like the most important thing to uh what his professor friend or whatever and sends him out and he's like you'll never find him and he's like yeah the guy's gonna get found almost immediately but that was the only move he had <laughs> and so he does the move that he knows isn't gonna like work just because that's all he can do yeah and even going beyond that i almost think it's pointless to dove into his character when that's clearly not the intention of the movie it's not a character study of indiana jones it's just an adventure romp i mean he's the well, vessel I, for I, this crazy story i think it's it, worthwhile see, so that that's that's where i would disagree with you ryan because i again think i don't think he's character study? no i don't no i don't think it's a character study i just I, I think if you do it through the he's the vessel of this story then we come up to the problem again of I, he's he's a he's a bad vessel. He, I think he's a great vessel yeah, for this he, story. I, I, I think I that there's not a better vessel. 
I mean, maybe there's a better, like, less chauvinistic if he was, guy, but, like... If he was less confident no, I don't, and I don't mean better at not getting caught, this movie would have been way more boring. Like, he was the perfect character to drive Kyle, this kind of I, movie. Kyle, I know you want everyone to I'm, be Chris I, Pratt. I know you love casting Chris <laughs> Pratt in your headcanon remakes of these movies, but it no one else he's gonna be mario guys kyle i know you sit and you watch big bang theory and you think about chris pratt being in remakes of all these movies but it's just that's just not what anybody else wants (laughs) i just i I don't think i'm getting my point across well i don't know what you're trying to say at this point i don't know what your point is well i I, again i was gonna i was gonna say like is it that like you're saying that for the story that they're trying to convey, having such a underdeveloped and underqualified or, or, or something along those lines. No, no. Okay, I don't know what you're trying to say. I, you're, I, you're saying it's well, a I, bad We kind of brushed past this. You guys, I, 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 we kind of we kind of swept past it. But like I, 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 I am a firm. I'm firmly entrenched in this argument that the story Indiana Jones is not necessary for this story. But he is. To conclude, we just said he's not. That, that, he, that the, just the, isn't true. The end that of the movie. Yeah, the end of that movie I, cannot no, happen without him because who else is going the after? The end of that movie isn't important. The Americans get it and put it in a that's, warehouse. That's, that's not. That's the, his goal. That's all he wants. That's literally what the point of the. That's not what Indiana Jones wants. He, he wanted it for a museum. So he yeah. technically didn't want to give it to the Americans. Yeah, like, he wanted yeah. to study it. And and also, this is another thing. This is the only movie I can think of where I agree with the government at the end. And the government is doing the very sane, rational thing of, no, no one should have this well, yeah. power. We're going to lock it away. And Indiana Jones is like, nah, man, we need to put it in a museum. And, and yeah, but, see, but, that's, that's, but that's the thing. Indiana Jones is doing something under the, under the assumption, as he always does, that he's going to be able to decide what happens to the thing that he finds, which he never gets to decide. Someone always takes it from him and decides for him, which is what the government ultimately does with the Ark. But it's like that's like saying... What, the government was just going to do that anyway? The government didn't know where it was. The government wouldn't have known when the Nazis got to it. Unless they sent a spy, which would have been a fucking movie. Like, no matter what, they have to send someone well, no, over there. But, <laughs> like, yeah, here, give me, give, me, give, me, give me two minutes, and then we can shit all over me, okay? That if Indiana Jones isn't in this movie, there are two possible results. The Nazis don't find the Ark, in which case, okay... Like you said, no movie. Or the Nazis do find the Ark, in which case they open it and they all die. All of the Nazis? No, uh, the ones that find it, and then... You don't think that they... they, You don't think that they told other people, hey, we're going to this area, okay? Uh, So if you don't hear something... Well, no, but then what happens? They open it again, and they die again? So you're... Either way, it's a boring-ass movie. Or eventually, (laughs) the Nazis... You're saying that that they show up to this place, and you you see dust and bones and shit everywhere, and you go, yeah, let's open up the box. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm saying... But what happens if they don't open up the box? Then they just have a box. Then they take it as a weapon. The, the whole point is they wanted it as a weapon. The Germans wanted the Ark of the Covenant as a weapon. Yeah. What so do they now, get? They can't open it. Yes, they can. They, 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 they literally, can't use it as a weapon. They literally can open it. They just can't observe it. That's what, literally what Indiana Jones says. He's like, don't open your eyes. <laughs> okay. If I can, if I can, oh, 
my like <laughs> I mean and even if even if it doesn't no, even if it doesn't kill them like the people that they use it against you don't think that that's going to have the same effect as like Chinese fireworks or something where it's like you open up the ghost box if I were if I were in a war and someone opened up a gold box and ghosts came out, I would run the fuck away. I'd be like, yeah, I'm not winning this one. <laughs> Send me back. So here's my here's my thing. This movie, they kind of paint Indiana Jones to be so good at his job, like archaeology, I mean, that he's almost the only person who can find some of these artifacts. At the beginning, it's kind of like implicitly assumed he was the only one who could have found that gold little relic um that alpha Berlina yeah. eventually tried taking for the french guy to eventually like oh you know i befriended all these natives um i'm gonna take your thing back now thank you because he knew he probably couldn't get it himself um indiana jones was the only one who found the ark of the covenant maybe the germans could have found it later on but indiana jones was smart enough to find it really soon um and again the germans just took it a lot of that stuff wouldn't have happened without Indiana Jones. A, the beginning, obviously. The Ark of the Covenant, yeah, they could have taken it without him finding it. But, the like you said, the second outcome, if they just find it, open it up, and they die, that still would have happened. And like Brendan was saying, more Germans probably were aware that they were doing this. They also were probably aware, oh, this is a mythical box. Hmm, they're all dust and bones now. Maybe we shouldn't mess with it. And just like how Indiana Jones wanted to study the Ark, I'm sure that they had... German archaeologists who also wanted to study uh, study the Ark, see more engravings on it and says, oh, don't open this and don't open your eyes. They could have learned from it and turned into a weapon, right? Indiana Jones was there. His whole purpose was to find the Ark. Him thinking it was to preserve in a museum. Eventually the government took it. But again, this whole movie is about his getting the rug snatched from underneath Indiana Jones. Everything he wants to do, he doesn't get to do it. But this movie would not be the same. This movie would have been Hitler had a, a super weapon on his side if Indiana Jones didn't find the Yeah, answer. like the the idea is that the just the threat itself can't can't stand. I mean, I don't know how you like Bond movies then, Kyle. Like <laughs> like that, that's that's like Casino Royale. Like it's just like, well, how you know, if he wasn't there, like I mean, some sometimes things would just still happen. It's like well, yeah. <laughs> the reason James Bond won in Casino Royale is because he pulled a royal flush out of his, his ass. <laughs> yeah, like... Well, I, so I, I guess as a count, and I, I, I get, also I just want to, I'm not, I'm not dying on this hill, and I also don't think this detracts from the movie. I think no, it's just I, an interesting I, I, question. It's an but interesting James Bond question. does something. <laughs> well, in, James, Indiana James, Jones does something too. <laughs> Indiana Jones closes his eyes. He says, "Cause hey, he was smart, look. and then <laughs> yeah, because he, he was gets smart. It. But he, you don't get to that point unless you're the guy who does Focus something. Focus on the last <laughs> two minutes of the Kyle, whole movie. Kyle, <laughs> this is literally the same thing as saying, uh, well, all all James Bond needs to do is get hit in the balls at the end of Casino Royale. He just has to survive that a couple times. <laughs> like literally, that's what you're saying is like, well, I mean, he's just sitting there. It's like." Yeah, because he knew he he planned what was gonna happen. He had an idea of what, of how things were gonna shake out, and his plan came together. And that he just had to buy time, and all Indiana Jones has to do to finally get the Ark is survive them opening it. And he knows I'm not gonna open my eyes for this. Indy knows the lore of the box. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just I I think of it like. Yeah, it would have been smarter for Anakin not to side with Palpatine. 
<laughs> well, no, like, no, no, no. I, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, happen, I'm gonna happen. stick like, up for Kyle are, here. These are apples and I, no, I'm gonna stick up for Kyle. That is not the example that he was using. The example I used to counter Kyle is the correct type of example to counter him, and that a character knew of something that the villain didn't know, didn't tell the villain, <laughs> and then just had to survive something long enough for his backup to arrive and the villain <laughs> to be dealt with. That's the ending that Kyle says. And I'll give you full props there. I and I, yeah, no, I I agree with you. Uh, I don't, I don't think I have much more to say. <laughs> I, I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't planning to die on this hill. I, Kyle, number one Big Bang Theory fan, brings it up to friends, <laughs> immediately gets fucking binned. Kyle was Guys, binging just... the Big Bang Theory, and he's like, oh my god, I know exactly what I'm going to bring up in Kino Glass. <laughs> I'm actually really surprised you guys haven't heard of this, though, because I think it is a pretty popular We don't watch the Big end, Bang Theory, Kyle. No, I'm saying outside of the Big Bang Theory. We don't go on, I, on I r slash Big Bang Theory either, Kyle. <laughs> we, don't, we don't do it. It's r slash Bazinga, so how about you get, how about you check yourself, asshole? Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, I offended you. I just think that kind of metatextual analysis of Indiana Jones is pointless. I mean, well, it's like an adventure. I, I don't no, think no, no. it's metatextual. I, I, I think I... that I think that any in-depth <laughs> metatextual analysis is worthwhile in anything because it's interesting. It can be genuinely interesting. I think that this type of analysis, specifically from this comedy show on CBS, written by a hack and a half. Um, uh, is, I went is, in too strong with Big Bang is so, People have broken is this down so and given very and convincing bad. arguments. Once yeah. again, but it's so it's so it's so stupid to come at something with the idea that that the struggle against evil is inherently like that that r- because you fail means that it yo know, you might as well not have been pointless. in the movie Infinity War. Practically, like, why'd you even need the heroes in there? He still got to snap his fingers. Like, the idea that just the struggle itself is not worth the price of admission is stupid. <laughs> like, the str- like, you watch a movie to, to to watch someone struggle and to say, well, like, ultimately he's a worthless protagonist. It's like, <laughs> did he not go through something? Did Was he not humbled before the arc in some way? Of course he was. Like, yeah, I just... I just want to see Big Rock chase man. That's it. And did not did Big Rock not chase man, Kyle? Did he not? Rat cook food I, uh... and Big Rock chase man. <laughs> Listen, I'll, I'll repent. I'll never bring up any Chuck Lorre productions on this podcast again. Uh, I'm sorry for trying to add some food for thought. I'll never do it again. Well, no, cook like, better like food. Textual analysis have their place like how you brought up how which ever since you've told me this it just pisses me off more and more how specter would not be a different movie if blofeld and james bond weren't brothers like that is just such a useless addition to the movie like that yeah. is just useless writing like that that's kind of lazy writing trying to like add intrigue that really was not intriguing at all but just to this to okay, i won't even pin it on you to um Freaking Bazinga Boy, what's his name? Chuck Lorre. Yeah, but what's Bazinga Boy? Sheldon. <laughs> to Sheldon's argument, it's just a an argument that doesn't hold at all. Like, it's his girlfriend's argument, Amy. <laughs> Whatever. Oh my god. <laughs> a woman too toxic for Jeopardy. 
a woman a woman Wait, that well yeah she was gonna host jeopardy and then they they said actually no thank you yeah, oh, really? yeah, yeah. America's not ready for a smart woman to be on a TV show. So, no, sorry. I guess she said some weird <laughs> shit in her like in like a book she wrote or something, and people were like, eh, oh. "No, thank you." She has that. a PhD in biology. Yeah, she's a very smart woman. I, that's why the casting is good for that show. <laughs> <laughs> is this anyway. a, what? What are we doing? Are we just are we just talking about know. Big Bang Theory we, now? We gotta we gotta leave. We gotta bury Big Bang Theory. We gotta. <laughs> I brought it up some other episode too. We gotta. <laughs> do you remember? Hey guys, do you remember when, she- when the guy who plays Sheldon Cooper, otherwise known as Jim Parsons, was in a remake of uh, of uh, what is it, The Elf or whatever, the Will Ferrell movie? What? Oh. There's a remake of Elf. Yeah, it was on TV, but it was Jim Parsons as oh. Elf. Okay. Oh, that sounds. Wait, do you? For, for, no, I, I will. I, we're totally off base now. I'll come to bat for Jim Parsons. I think Jim Parsons is an excellent actor. What is he in besides the narrator for Young Sheldon and Elf? <laughs> what more do you need? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, oh, yeah. do you say that like it's nothing? Yeah, and you know what? I forgot that I, that I know for a fact that Kyle has watched Young Sheldon. So extensively um, even no I'm th- God. yeah yeah thanks for that <laughs> um no uh he's uh in hidden figures he's terrific uh oh did you oh you can't think did, of how many times that, did you watch that but... movie with evan just just curious <laughs> oh, that's mean that's mean to evan <laughs> he's he's repented the blind side isn't his favorite movie anymore <laughs> Oh, no. You know who's favorite does, movie wait, The Blind Side like was in movies? fifth grade? Ryan Bleep. Ryan Bleep. <laughs> favorite go, movie in fifth grade was The Blind Side. I don't know. What you're, I don't, <laughs> did I ever say that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I guess we'll have to. Yeah. Hey. Um, I, I don't. Oh yeah. No. That. It was. A, it was a. It was a big thing because uh, I had just got back from seeing the Steve Carell Tina Fey movie Date Night. <laughs> Uh, and you were making fun of me for it, and you were saying, "What a what a stupid movie! That's not like The Blind Side." That sounds just that like does not you, seem Ryan. like an argument a fifth grader would make. I'm I'm not kidding. This happened right outside the uh, right outside the doorway to get into that fifth grade building. Oh, all right, <laughs> all right. Well, if we don't have much to say on it, we can just wrap it up into final thoughts. Um. Uh, yeah, the only other thing for me is that uh, I don't know. It's like the Nazis were. Did we obvious, not have more to say? The Nazis were obviously essential to the plot, but it's like Nazis are kind of a lazy villain in general. Well, it's there's like only two types of villains, Ryan. Yeah, it's like you're obviously supposed to hate them. It, it's it's that, that was Lander, the, Brendan. That's the only thing. Lander. I see that, Ryan, but also I feel like that's exactly what this movie is like. This movie is the kind of movie to where the yeah. villain are the Nazis. Like, that's exactly. who Indiana yeah. Jones is facing against. This whip-wielding yeah. archaeologist has to take down Hitler. That's what this movie is going for. Yeah, and I and I kind of like that they don't... That is as, as sort of, I don't know, rote as it is to make the, uh, the, the Nazis the villains uh, in a movie like this. I also, after watching all of the Marvel movies and, like modern movies where they seem to want to like have the nazis be the villains but also not call them nazis to the to an extent where it makes me a little uncomfortable how 
Yeah, it's I I'm I honestly am happy to see some someone be called a Nazi and then be shot. Like when 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 you have uh, uh what the Red Skull Hydra shit and it's like, well, they're not Nazis, and it's like. It's like I thought they were worse than the I rem and the comics they're worse than the Nazis. Are they not worse than the Nazis anymore? Well, they're just like a pseudo uh hidden uh government. It's like, okay. I, can we just call can we can it just be Nazis? Nazis are so refreshingly villainous. That's why you love the Rocketeer I, so I, much. I, I just wanted to point that out that is that why I love Ryan, the Rocketeer. Yeah, Ryan has Ryan has complained about the Nazis being villains twice now, and I'm not necessarily accusing him of being a Nazi sympathizer, <laughs> but I'm not not saying that. <laughs> You're not saying that? <laughs> no, it's just, like, it's just lazy. I don't know. Like, especially, like, for general people, like, in the case of the Rocketeer, I don't know why they would care. It makes more sense in this movie, but that doesn't make it any less lazy. I mean... You put Nazis as the villain, obviously they're the villain. Like, there's no there's no levels to it. There's no sophistication with that as a villain. So it's, yeah, and it's a very minor complaint. I think it works in this film, but, yeah. I, I, I think there is sophistication. I think there's strength in calling them Nazis. Not at the time when they made it, but I think, I think now if you make your villain a Nazi, I think that for whatever reason, that it, that is, like, a bold choice. Because, like, when was the last time you saw a Nazi villain in something? Like, um, I don't know, like, Glorious Bastards? Or... All right, so 2011. We, we've got we've got, we've got 10 years. What's that I'm, I'm Taika sure Waititi movie that came out with Scarlett Johansson and Jojo? Jo- jo- well, I don't Hitler. think anyone was, like, a villain villain in that. That was honestly more of a... Uh... No, but but they mentioned Nazis by name. Well, they do, but they're not, like... I, they're, you're not being, like, told... Like, there's the levels of villainy in that movie are so like personal that it's, it's yeah. It's just Nazis are never going to be out of the vernacular of film antagonists. Like it's just not, it's going to come back and it's like it, it, every time you see it, you know, they're the bad guy. There's never going to be a sympathetic movie (laughs) saying that Nazis are the good guys. (laughs) No matter how much Ryan wants it. He keeps he keeps asking for American History X to the real story. This is getting taken way too far. Uh, well, anywho, yeah, I think it's, it's yeah, about time I, to I wrap it that, up into final thoughts. Yeah, final thoughts. On, I'll uh, start with final thoughts. Final thoughts. This movie is Indiana Jones. You've heard his name before. You've heard his theme song when he walks into a room and you've heard that whip crack in the back of your head. Look for him on store shelves. Look for him in McDonald's Happy Meals. <laughs> you know him. You love him. And this movie gives him right to you. Do I think it is the best movie ever made? Not a chance. But do I think it is just fucking man shit yeah you bet fucking yeah let's go those are my final thoughts (laughs) eloquently said (laughs) no it's uh i mean one of the most iconic movies ever made the action's great great adventure set pieces you know likable charismatic protagonist um i i i would go as far as to say it hasn't aged as gracefully as it as it could have but 
I mean, you besides look past that it, one it's a, it's a prosthetic with Alfred Molina, how would you say it has an age? Because I was actually going to say like this movie's aged super well. Long. I mean, it, I don't know. It's it's aged. I mean, you, you're not going to see a movie with that kind of Nazi symbolism in your face. You're not going to see a movie where like with Marion as ditzy and just kind of helpless as she is. Like, it's a product of its time. Like, it, it's not bad or anything. It's just like it's you can tell the age of it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think it's great. I, I I really like it. It's a really fun movie, except for that uh, it kind of has a lull um, after a certain point. But it picks it up. I don't ever paid it for it. It's just uh, it's kind of like a blind spot in my memory of the film. So yeah, I, I mean, it's really fun. Great score, great acting, great uh, protagonist, all that stuff. So, yeah. Uh yeah no I I said my piece already it. It is a fun movie, and it does everything a fun movie needs to do. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Even while we're talking about this one, I'm thinking of the third one. Because uh, I think the third one does do more. I love the third one. Just in general. I love the third one so much. It, it, it's so Let it like, go. Yeah, it, Let it go, Indiana. Let it go. <laughs> ah. <laughs> that, that, like, but that, hey, that's for Kino Clash Part 2. You know, we talk. Yeah, where we, right where, we uh, and, uh, where we where we where we only re- review sequels to movies we've already talked about. Sequels, <laughs> sequels. Oh, Donnie, Donnie Darko, Darko too. Yeah. That's Darko, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I, I. It's. I guess if I had to compare it to anything, it's kind of like Ratatouille for me. I. Mm, I sense a pattern. Everything going on I here. get out of this is. <laughs> Everything I get out of this is wonderful and delicious, uh, but I can't wring that much out of it. There's only a couple of drops. <laughs> I just like the idea of you taking a fucking wet rag, wringing it out over your mouth, and going, <laughs> mm, drop, drop, mm, delicious. <laughs> it's like, hmm, but Indiana's kind of pointless. <laughs> <laughs> delicious. <laughs> <laughs> A little, too, a little bit too much Indiana in this drip. <laughs> in this wet t-shirt that I'm wringing out into my mouth. My my first three movies that have been picked definitely are not Kyle's cup of tea. And, and I don't blame you for it, right? Um, I'm really hoping my future movies kind of bring you around and and redeem me in your eyes oh you've got some on there i'm excited for baby boy i mean you know there's there's a few that you know i love so all right well i will go into my final thoughts um this movie is just the definition of like a globe trotting swashbuckling adventure besides that one lull that ryan brought up which i honestly never thought about it but I, i definitely do agree with it it, it it's the severe change of pace besides that one bit of the movie i think this movie has so little fat every everything in this movie drives the point that this is a heart accelerating adventure from the score which just screams excitement his outfit which is just kind of over the top and silly but perfect for what this movie's going for um the whip i'm gonna keep talking about this whip because i don't know why it resonates with me so much but it's such a it's cool that's why (laughs) it's such a cool idea oh and and one thing one thing i wrote in my notes was a lot of times when you watch action movies they try to shoehorn in the protagonist's 
some quirky job they have, like they're a freaking accountant. And then somewhere in the movie, when they have to take down the bad guy, they apply their accountant skills and somehow they're able to save the day. And that's always kind of, it's always feels shoehorned. Are you talking about the Ben Affleck movie, The Accountant right now? (laughs) Watch that. Uh, but but do you guys know what I mean? I don't think he uses accountant skills in that one. Do you know what I mean? Where like the job is always yeah. kind of shoehorned in. No, I know what you mean. I think an archaeologist is one of those jobs like you don't ever think like, oh, that would make for a boring action movie. But it so perfectly drives yeah. the action and every beat in this movie in such an interesting and fun way. I mean, it just also gives you such interesting set pieces. Like they go around the, the world in so many different places and so many different locales and weather and different kinds of people and culture that's exactly like what an archaeologist would do and then you add some action to that on top of that the whip is so (laughs) it's just such a cool weapon like what's up Kyle? (laughs) oh no i just this is a fun tidbit uh after this movie came out the american archaeological association put out an expose on how much they hated this movie and what a bad rap for archaeologists it did and how poorly it portrayed the profession which like why but no i i just i think that's a fun tidbit yeah that's that is kind of fun they did well yeah it's actually kind of a they probably like to the movie i think well, they were like, you you can't be telling people that we go around stealing shit from, like, people. <laughs> I mean, we do be doing that, but don't don't tell people we do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, anyway, yeah, just, I, I think that everything about this movie, his outfit, the music, his job, his weapon, everything is purposely... It's so purpose-built into this movie that it has one goal and one goal only, and that is to take down Nazis in such a fun way, and you, you, you're just constantly along for the adventure, and it's just such a, a, a good time. Um, I rewatched Temple of Doom right after watching this movie, and I liked it more than I used to, but I don't think it's so focus like this movie is and honestly i'll admit i don't really remember last crusade all that much i really need to watch it again so i can't speak on that but i think raiders of the lost ark is just such a a perfect adventure movie and one thing i want to talk about earlier in the movie again driving this point home about everything in this movie is just purposely in here the the plane scene when he's fighting the big buff german guy if we really look at this situation there's how many problems is Nina Jones facing? He's trying to escape, right? So he's chased, he's trying to run away from the Nazis. He's fighting this big burly guy. Marion is trapped. They're getting shot. And gasoline is coming towards the airplane. Like, you can't set up a more bombastic and stupidly fun adventure than that scene right there. And then when yeah. he finally escapes and everything blows up behind him and he shreds the big burly guy with the propellers, like, that is just, that's exactly what this movie is going for. Just stupid, campy fun that is done so well um and i don't know and and this movie again has such a big nostalgic factor to me um growing up we had this jungle gym in our backyard with a with a rope swing and when i would walk along it my dad was in the indiana jones theme song and that was my first exposure to indiana jones was just that theme (laughs) song walking across a, a, a rope uh rope bridge and it it it's just so perfect because that theme song to a kid, it's as if you took dopamine and made it acoustic. 
this movie. <laughs> it, it's just so well so much fun. Well said. Um, so yeah, those are my thoughts. On I can't. I, really I can't wait to hear about your 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 thoughts on the Last Crusade because that has probably some of the most like quotable moments for me. Like the like it, he throws the guy the the Nazi off the blimp and he goes, "No ticket." No. I just like <laughs> that. Shit's so good. <laughs> no, Sean Connery after he shoots he 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 blasts the tail of their airplane son they got (laughs) (laughs) like legit legitimately so funny yeah that's such a good that one's so good last crusade is that's my favorite one that like i i don't think anything uh, is beat i mean but last crusade's weird because it is it is probably the most comedic one like it is a full-fledged yeah. comedy, whereas like Lost Ark is not that funny, um, and neither is Temple of Doom. But yeah, Last Crusade, yeah, just Last Crusade. Is, well, it's also interesting, I, and I, yeah, congrats. We're now talking about Last Crusade because uh, yeah, it's the comedy elements, but then also like I think it has harder hitting parts. Oh, ab- well, yeah, because like, you have that father it, and son relationship yeah. that's just constantly being brought up. Yeah. Just like in Kingdom of the no, Crystal I, Skull. I'm really excited. Nah. Just like you know Kingdom what? Bring it back. He gets it. They bring it back. Yeah, you know, it's the same shot, you know, when he puts the hat on on uh, Mutt Williams. You know, that's exactly mm-hmm. like when the um the the jewel thief or whatever puts the hat on young Indy. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh I, I would say, Alex, while you were talking about all that stuff. I would say, except for the lull that I talked about, everything in this movie is iconic, and it's like it's it's just a part of pop culture, film as a whole. Like it's been so influential, it's been done to death by like everything to follow it. It's just it's amazing. Like <laughs> it left such an impact on the American zeitgeist of film. Like it's and again, it's awesome. maybe I'm biased because I love this movie so much, but I feel like it earns its its iconic status because yeah. I mean, I agree. Steven Spielberg was oh, just yeah. so well aware that what he was making was just so fun and so unique and, and so new yeah. at the time, I feel like, that anything he did with this world that he created is just going to leave an impact on you because you've never seen anything like it. Like, action movies nowadays try to go bigger and better in every action set piece and everything looks the same, but this was so much smaller besides the Ark of the covenant being a, a world killing device um all the action set pieces were so since they were so much smaller they were so focused and he milked every bit of action and intrigue you can get out of the set out of the yeah. environment that it i mean i think it really earned yeah. its, its place in being iconic and like because like action movies today like you know they 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 throw in a bunch of characters from a bunch of different franchises like the iron giant and tracer from overwatch and all this stuff and it's like how do people even make those movies like just awful movies like like he, he, like completely different mentalities and probably different people right ready no. player one was a different guy right it's steven spielberg oh my god what 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 fucking bug ate that boy's brain like holy shit wait you were you were yeah no i knew he made that why would i bring up that that shitty movie of all movies why would i talk about that movie i was gonna say if he didn't know that it was gonna be just a little bit too good to be true yeah Uh, (laughs) but yeah you guys gonna see uh west side story side story 
I'm oh, not. I, I don't. I don't need to see any more Ansel Egwert. You say Egwert? I don't like him. I said Egghort. Oh, Elgort. Oh, is it Elgort? Yeah, <clears throat> Kyle. What's the second to last James Bond? His actor. The second to last James Bond. Oh, that's Pierce Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> Bronson. Uh, All right, anywho. let's roll them okay. bones. Wait, how do I say it? Guys, let's roll it? them bones. Oh, we can't roll them bones yet. We have no, to. No, we got to uh, compare vote. it. Yeah, we got to vote, you, baby. You silly we idiot. We got to vote. <laughs> so it's what? Brandon has to wear the dunce cap. That's what me and Alex, <laughs> oh, me and Alex vote dunce first. Cap. Uh, I think we go last, <laughs> right? I thought we went first to keep suspense. Yeah, you guys go oh. first, and then we go. Well, Brendan did get a dunce cap. So, Ryan, your movie was first. Go ahead and lead it off. <laughs> okay. For those of you at home, Brendan is now dressed like a Yankee Doodle. <laughs> <laughs> With a feather in his cap. <laughs> um, anyway, um, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it short. I love both of these movies a ton. It's just that I'm very partial to Akira. Like... I think Akira has some of the greatest animation, art, color. I love the score, love the characters, love the story, love the subliminal messages and everything. Like, it's it's just all great, while also being so fun to watch. Indiana Jones is incredibly fun to watch, but there's not a lot going on beyond that. It's a serial adventure, and it's great at doing that. And I love pretty much everything about it, except for, like, the lull. But... It's it's great despite that. Both these movies are great, but Akira just has a ton going on the surface and under the surface, and that's why it's one of my favorite movies. So I'm I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna vote for Akira, and that's that's it for me. Yeah. Um, I heard so much about Akira before watching it, and it honestly lived up the expectations. It, it, it's a phenomenal movie. It does so much so much groundbreaking stuff. I mean, the animation is, I don't think I'll ever see anything better than that. Like that is just truly mind boggling that, that humans made that. Um, it is such a, a almost perfect piece of art. I, I just had some problems with the ending of the movie. Um, and just in general, that kind of genre of movie, not anime, but like that kind of style of action movie. Um, I feel like I've just, I've seen, better i think I, I i i there's other movies out there that i like in that style of movie whereas indiana jones is I, i've never seen anything better than this movie in this style of movie just like back to the future i love but indiana jones i think is just a better movie um and it has a big nostalgia factor to me of course but it does everything it needs to do for you to feel like you're along the journey with indiana jones and and just traveling the world with him and taking down Nazis and uncovering Egyptian secrets. Um, not Egyptian. They didn't go to Egypt. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. And my, and my pick goes to Indiana Jones because it just holds such a special place in my heart. I think with another rewatch of Akira, I would like it a lot more. But as it is now, Indiana Jones is definitely yeah. my pick. And before uh, Brendan and Kyle go... I think we can all agree Akira and Indiana Jones are two movies that you can't get a similar experience anywhere else. Like, I, I can't name a movie that's like Akira. I can't name a movie that's like Indiana Jones. And there's definitely something to be said for that. Like, both these movies are excellent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I'll go next. Uh, real quick, we might cut this out. Uh, do you remember when I wore this at a mall with DJ while I helped him pick out clothes, Kyle? Why did you do that? No. <laughs> you don't remember that? No, I do when not you tricked me that. into dressing up for a corndog day because it was on Halloween. All right. That sounds familiar. <laughs> what? Because I was what, dressed up as Robin Hood. No, Speedy. Fre- Brendan, you bring up so many stories that I'm like, God, I. It has to be true. Yeah, because I, I was dressed up as Speedy it. for Halloween. And you were like, "Yeah, well, uh, corn dog uh, Fridays on Halloween this year." Let's Speedy Gonzalez. No, Speedy, uh, the Green yeah, Arrow's Spe- sidekick. Yeah, yeah, that's what this hat is. So. Uh, people at home picture a yellow fedora with a red feather right in the side. Uh, anyway, yeah, that was a crazy day. I had so many people making fun Corn of me. Dogs. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. That's weird. Uh, Why would they make fun of you? I know, right? They kept saying, what are those? Because I, uh, I had duct taped my, <laughs> my Converse to be red with red duct tape. Um, they they kicked ass, They too. did. They were fucking rad. Uh, was I gonna say? Yeah, I'm voting for Akira. Like no bones about it. Uh, I love Akira. Bones. No bones. Uh, Indiana Jones is a great movie, but I, I, I don't know. I just don't. I don't think about Indiana Jones. If I if if I never saw Indiana Jones again in my whole life, I would not shed a tear. But I would be genuinely upset if I suddenly couldn't watch Akira. I'd be like, what? I haven't watched in a minute, but I'd like to have the option, please. Gadzooks! <laughs> <laughs> I can't watch Akira! <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you're up, Kyle. Okay. Right, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I guess go I'll go. Go ahead and tie it uh, up, baby. I'll also... Yeah, <laughs> a, well, uh, I will once again lobby for the Green Mile to get this vote. Um... <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, I'm gonna vote for Akira. Um, but uh, I, I was thinking about it. So a couple of things. Number one, Ryan, I'm just kind of pissed at you in general because I think my two favorite movies we've watched have been yours, perhaps. Um, <laughs> what Akira? And I I think Donnie Darko. Akira and Donnie oh, yeah. Darko. Uh, no, old boy was bad for Kyle. Not oh, the movie, right. but yeah, his I was, overall I was, experience. Old Boy yeah, has been my favorite let's not, so far. Let's not give me flashbacks. Um, I think Akira is probably perfect. Um, Pretty damn close, like I, at the least. Like I, I can't think of a single thing I would want to change. Um, and I, I think the biggest thing for me, because I, I would also, I would honestly say I think Indiana Jones, while not perfect, uh, kind of hits the same notches. Of, like, it does everything it needs to do. But the thing about it is, so these movies, what, they come out a decade apart? Five years. What, Akira comes out in 82, I think? Well, this, Indiana Jones is 81. They're both 80s. Akira's 88. I think Akira's 82. Akira's 88 88. and Raiders is 81. So seven years. Okay, so seven years. Yeah, you said it, Ryan. Um, And I watched Akira, and again, I said this on the last one, I asked... How on earth did this come out in 1988? Where I watch Indiana Jones and I go, "Oh, I this came out in 1981." <laughs> like that's that's clear and present. Uh and that's that's going to be the differentiator for me is uh you know, Akira 
was truly mind-boggling. Um, so yeah, with that being said, my vote goes to Akira. Cool beans. All right, so I guess we got to look and at the letterbox score to settle that, the tie. Um, the... <laughs> Actually, you guys want to know what? If it would have gone to a tie, they have the same score on Letterboxd. Oh, oh shit! Wow. Call Christian. That does not surprise me. They, yeah, they both have four point two out of five. <laughs> Think Christian's the IMDb. up. <laughs> oh, I have a uh, heavy B sure. on IMDb. Eight point four against eight. Yeah. You always thinking about yeah, I mean, while while Kyle's doing this math like or whatever that he's doing. Uh, I was thinking about this when oh, no, I'm just when Kyle down. said about how he it's practically perfect. He can't think of something that he would change. I thought about my metaphor about Akira being like a Renaissance painting or something, or like the painting on the the uh, the mural on the Sistine, Sistine. Chapel. And I was chat. thinking about how there was someone who looked at that and went, ah, maybe the dicks. And I think that's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, they paint over the, 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 the P words? Yeah, the, the yeah, they painted over the dicks. <laughs> Did they really? Well, yeah, and then they put them back on. But when they went through the whole, like, puritanical shit for a minute there, what, in, like, the hmm. a couple, what, centuries ago, they painted I over the dicks. Yeah, they painted, like, fabric over them or something. <laughs> It's like, I don't want women to know I have one of these. Paint over it. Yeah. By Jove. <laughs> um, but yes, so with that, the uh, this is a special one, everybody. We are 25% through with the round of 64. That's uh, a good milestone to cut it. Just end it. <laughs> oh, you think? Let's just... Let's just stop while everybody's ahead. Yeah. Well, I'm... Well, Ryan's ahead. Just so behind. <laughs> Uh, actually, we're essentially tied, baby boy. We both have three L's. Um, but you have one win, right? I have one win. Yeah, but, but he cheated. I, how did I, I don't cheat? know. I'm just going to keep saying that until it <laughs> becomes true. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So this is this is our 25% marker. We are 25% done with our first round. Um, wow. And yeah, Akira. Has, uh, has moved on, so let's roll up that next matchup. Right. Of a dice roll to uh, 24, we've got... We keep getting low numbers. we got four. So I'm seeing Tron Legacy versus Good Time. Yeah, I'm seeing Tron Legacy versus yeah, Good I'm Time. Yeah, I'm excited for I, that. I don't know the I tried to though. picture how good, moving objects move uh, through the system. That is two Tron Legacy <laughs> versus 15. Yeah, I was going to uh, say mine. Yeah, 15 is a uh, good time. Good time. Ryan, is oh, good time your pick? So yeah, good time is Ryan's good. Tron Legacy. Uh, is of course, it's fucking Ryan's pick. pick. <laughs> yeah, but Tron Legacy is going to win because it's fucking beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this will uh, this will be, be a good one. I'm curious. How, so I've seen both. Yeah, I've seen both. I have not seen Good Time. I realistically haven't seen Tron Legacy. I couldn't tell you a single thing about it. Hey, besides, uh, hey, Kyle, are you still to create the most perfect system? <laughs> yeah, that's the only <laughs> thing that matters. <laughs> Um, and I haven't seen Good Time. Right. So, Very cool. which one's up first? Good Time. Uh, good Time. Uh, that would be Good Time. Yeah. 
That which, should be on Netflix. Which, yeah, and I also own the, a copy of Good Time if anyone needs it. Oh, really? Yeah. Actually. Is that strange? I Is it no, rare? No, I, I just want it. I, I haven't bought it yet. No, oh. I just haven't bought it yet. And I want it. <laughs> I'm going to get a knock on my door. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I guess that wraps it up, right? I guess we're all yep. done with episode eight of Kino Clash. And once again, oh, we, we almost down. brought Kyle one, to tears. I, I think we should all give ourselves a round of applause for that. <laughs> Anytime we can, we can humble I, uh, that man is, uh, is I think, a, a, a day spent well. Have we made a Snyder reference right. in this episode? We did not actually. All right, let's get one in right we at the right at the end. Uh, that... Nah, it can't be intentional. Snyder references no, no. can't be intentional. Kind of, yeah. I, I talked about in Akira how I didn't like how the end reminded me of Man of Steel, how it's just a competition of who can take down the most buildings. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Holy Snyder shit, he did. Snyder counter back on, baby. Pat's head, feed carrot. You're okay, Snyder. You're okay. whether y'all at home like cartoons or whips have a good evening so long bye, bye. 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 you can't even remember <laughs> what the outro is <laughs> it was um bye bye <laughs>